Bam, we're live. Hey. Hi, everyone. Thanks for being here. Sousa, hi. Good morning. I do it. Mornings are crazy. Mornings are wild. Because I open my phone and the whole world just like falls into your face. It's so crazy. I was just watching a video of Christmas Abbott getting in a bar fight. It was nuts. What? I know. <laughs> Tomorrow's show is going to be funny. And then I was reading the comments from yesterday's show. Wow. Holy cow. Wow. People are fired up. People are fired up. Thank you, everyone, for the education. Everyone needs to settle down just a, just a smidge. But thank you. Wow, we got so much to talk about. Listen, uh, we're going to try some. We got all sorts of new stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, starting with this show is going to be interesting. Um, I uh, expect a lot from our guest because he's always wonderful. I'm not sure what to expect from the audience because this is the first time we've done this. We were going to do uh, a dating show with um, Danielle Brandon where people could call and get advice on, like, dating. And in her only, I guess her street cred is that she's so hot. She's had to deal with just a lot of dudes hitting on her. And I just like her, love her to death. Um, and she's uh, raw and real, but we couldn't pull that off. Right. Or, or not yet, but not yet, not yet. But a, a close sister uh, cousin to that show would be to have Chris Cooper on. And although he might not be an expert in dating advice, uh, he is an expert in um, running a small business, uh, specifically uh, gyms. Uh, anywhere on planet earth uh, where we live regardless if you think the earth is flat or round the advice uh it translates to both that's correct right still works yeah that's yeah right. still, it's, it's awesome it's gonna be it's good advice great stuff always a great guest so we're gonna open up the phone lines and anyone can call in uh two more things we uh we've picked up four sponsors and we've switched to a different uh, hosting company. A hosting company is basically wherever our uh, podcast, um, whenever the podcast is done, Sousa beams it up to a hosting company. And then from there, it goes to Amazon, Spotify, iTunes. It goes to all of those places. So then you guys can access it through apps. Well, this guy that we've switched to, his name is Zach. And the name of his company is called Proven Grit. He's picked up a ton of sponsors for us. And I'm going to have to do some readings of those sponsors. So you guys got to bear with me. But I do think that they're going to be fun. One is like for therapy. So like, let's say, let's say you're just, um, and we have, and we have a world full of people blaming other people for their problems. So I think that that's a great sponsor for us. We can point you to therapy so you can stop blaming other people and get control of your life. One of them is manscape. And I already use their shaver. I use their ball shaver on my face. I don't know if that's going to be a good fit, but I don't, I don't usually use it on my genitalia. I've never used it on my genitalia. Not um, yet. And then there's and then there's uh, two other sponsors, but but I am excited about them, all of it, and trying it. Um, I did have some apprehension about doing readings, and so we had we've had the sponsors for like two months, but I've been avoiding doing it. And uh, but but yesterday we got on a phone call, and I think we can work it into the show, so it's funny, and I don't want to spend any of that the the truth equity that I've built, so um, uh, unfundable. I know, it, and I am concerned that. We could lose the sponsors quickly based on how I present them, but but I do think it will be good for the sponsors. Just some people might not see it. Okay, uh, with little what is what do they say in vaudeville? With little ado, Mister uh, Chris Cooper, Two Brain Business. Chris, what's up, dude? Hey guys, great to see you. Thanks for having me. Ha! Twice in a row, Susan. Susan and I are trying to put you on top, and we keep. Uh, we I keep do it at the up. same exact time. Okay. I'm not doing it. You do okay, it. I'm, I'm, I'm staying in my lane. I'm staying there in my lane. It is. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me where i go uh now that sevon is uh owned by manscape he won't be able to speak about his true feelings about big bushes listen i love everything natural and i will continue to uh, stay true to my 
a love for whatever creator we have, how he made us. You know that's true. All right. Uh, Chris. Way to frame it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on. This is, this is, this is fun. Um, uh, thousands. How many, how many gyms do you think there are on planet Earth um, that are uh, mom and pop owned? Is, is that fair? Is that fair? And by yeah, mom just and over pop, obviously, I don't mean moms and dads, but I mean small, uh, yeah. small boutique gyms that are um, where you get where group classes, coaching, the, what looks like the CrossFit model. Probably about uh, just under 40,000 is our best estimate. If you don't count personal training studios in that number, group classes. And, yeah. And that includes places like Westside Barbell too. Like, like we have some like yeah. just like places in our town that are proud to be just like the the steel gym. Like that includes forty thousand, including those. Yeah, Starting Strength has, uh, um, some, I don't know, they have a bunch of franchisees even. But I would also include uh, like the F forty fives and the Orange Series in that group. Okay, number two. And and, and those are those are basically the F forty five and the Orange Theory. Those are basically like. Um, I'm not really sure how the franchise model works, but that it's basically a CrossFit gym, but you have to follow certain rules, right? Like signage and classes and programming and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, they're corporate owned or or, sorry, they're not corporate owned. You become a franchisee. They tell you exactly how to run it. Uh, They usually have like one key metric or one kind of twist. So F45, you go in and like all the exercise demos, happen on a screen and there are some low paid coaches circulating to make sure that you're not actually going to brain yourself with like the dumbbell, uh, orange theory. It's a little bit closer to the CrossFit model. It's just like, they're going to focus on your heart rate and they've made that really simple and easy to understand. And they usually charge about double what a CrossFit gym charges. So, oh, no. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Interesting. Okay. Oh yeah. At least. Yeah. The, uh, average owner profit from an orange theory is between 400,000 and 800,000 in their first year. Orange theory. Gig. Could you l- listen? Listen. Let's Sign be smart. Let's be, let's be smart here. Could you have Susa? Oh, Susa owns CrossFit Livermore. This has already gone off the rails, but we have to. Uh, Sorry. Susa owns CrossFit Livermore. Could you have? Are there any places where there's a CrossFit gym and an Orange Theory in the same building? I'm sure there are. I don't. I don't know any of them uh, offhand, but it could happen. And like, so what happens though is an, an Orange Theory is more of an investor asset where a CrossFit gym is an owner operator business, right? You're buying yourself a job, changing lives that you're passionate about. You're probably going to be delivering in an orange theory. I'm going to buy the territory. I'm probably never going to coach a class in that gym. And you know, it's going to cost me whatever their franchise fee is well over a million. And um, it's funny that the person that they're touting right now is like their biggest success story is somebody who used to own McDonald's. Orange Theory is like the McDonald's version of CrossFit. And their their big success story is like this former McDonald's franchisee who sold all of his McDonald's and now he has this healthy business. Oh, tri- oh wow. So yeah. as a success story, you mean as a business person, not as a yeah. weight loss story? Right, right, right. I mean, he is losing weight. Good, good on him. You know, he's hey, making these lifestyle choices. But um, we, do we in in this space? We don't, and I, I don't do. I do not mean this as a dig at all. But in this space, we celebrate. I don't remember ever celebrating really business owners for their business acumen. Like we've, we don't hold someone up and be like, oh my god, look at um, Craig Howard. He 
he has 600 members and his gym has been running for 15 years. And it's not, we don't really do too much of that. It's mostly like, Holy cow, look at this person lost a hundred pounds. Look, this person, their NFL career was over and now they're, they got one more year by going to Chris Cooper's gym, stuff like that. Well, I do it. So we publish leaderboards every single month about this stuff. The reason that CrossFit HQ has never wanted to do it in the past is because it's really hard to tell who's telling the truth about that. Like, Mm. and it's also really hard to quantify who's successful. Like I could have 600 clients and not be making any money at all and still close next month. But I think we've talked about that before. We have, I always forget that. So a two brain business has a leaderboard. Yeah. For different metrics. So most clients is one, um, Uh you know, highest value per client is one. Most revenue is one. Most take home is one. And we publish these, um, we publish them internally every month, but we rotate and publish them anonymously every month too. I, I guess it's um, I guess overhead's always a big issue on determining a, a gym's uh, success. It's like a metric yeah. that can you know you know comparing a gym in Manhattan uh, versus uh, Iowa. In, in the tech business, I, I remember I don't know if it's tr- true this uh, to this day anymore. But when when I was employed, when I was employable, uh, there was this <laughs> metric where you wanted your revenue like the uh, the gold standard would be your revenue would be 1 million dollars per employee. So if you had a 100 million dollar mm. company with 100 employees and you were in Silicon Valley, you were the shit, right? That was like wow. that was like yeah, pretty amazing, right? And um is there something like that uh for CrossFit too? Is there some number that that jumps in your head like hey, if you have but not for employees but for clients, like I've heard you say 50 clients is um uh you, you stay, you keep both nostrils above water and 150 clients and you actually um, can buy avocados and, and consider having a child. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the number. My words, you, not yours. Those are the metrics. I <laughs> you know. The avocado. Yeah. Avocados per client. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, they don't yet because nobody's ever tracked any numbers in CrossFit until we did. But um, that is an interesting metric. I think the closest that we would have to that would be ARM, which is like if you took all your revenue and you divided it by the number of clients you have, the average revenue per member ARM should be about 205. Okay. Yeah. That is exactly what I'm looking for. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, You're 10 minutes in and you're wondering why uh, Chris Cooper. So Chris has a ton (laughs) of experience, uh, but he also, uh, he has a ton of experience. He has a ton of clients. Um, he, uh, in, in, from, from the, the metrics that I've seen and what I know, he runs the largest consulting gym consulting, um, uh, business in the world. And, yep. and not only that of the, I'm making this number up 150 people that I've spoke to over the, the years that have used two brain business. I've only heard one and it was actually recently where they, um, where it wasn't a fit. Only one. Now, I'm not saying that there hasn't been more than one, but it was only one. And and I don't know a lot of details about it, but um, there is a gym in my sphere that's uh, circling the bowl, and, uh, and and they've had some interaction. They were already circling the bowl, and then they had some interactions with uh, Two Brain. That and they're still with Two Brain, by the way. They haven't given up, but hmm. but I've I've heard some frustration. But other than that, it's been like a fucking perfect record. Uh, yeah, which is, which is pretty crazy. Including Matt Souza. That's how I met Matt Souza. Uh, my, my, my sister told me the story can't be told enough, but basically I had Chris on the CrossFit podcast. Matt was a listener of the CrossFit podcast. He heard it. He tinkered with his gym with some of the stuff that Chris shared. He read Chris's books and it didn't even purchase that. You didn't even, you weren't even a client of theirs, right? 
No, I couldn't even afford to pay attention at that point. So we were. <laughs> and, and, and Sousa literally called me a couple years later and says, hey, I owe you something. And I said, what for? He said, because when you had Chris Cruza, Chris Cruza, when you had Chris <laughs> Cooper on, uh, Savon, it changed, it changed my uh, life and my gym. And for the first time in my life, my gym was profitable. So, uh, so that was uh, pretty damn amazing. Um, Thanks. Yeah, it, it, it's great. And every time we have you on, the the feedback's amazing. We probably we can't have you on enough. Oh, that's great. Well, um, you taught me to enjoy sparkling water, so I'd like. Oh to thank no! You. Oh no! <laughs> one of, one of the first times I was at your house, you had this big stack of Lacroix, and it was in case I think Haley's nephews ever came over. You wanted to give them an alternative to. Oh like, wow! Pop. I remember that you were there for that. Yeah. You were, wow. Okay. I'm the ghost in in your house, Savon. I mean, <laughs> he's unsettled now. He's like, since then, Chris, I've really tried to stop drinking sparkling water. We'll talk afterwards. But when my nephews still do come to town, I like to go buy like ten cases of sparkling water and just stack it in the kitchen because I know it's exciting for them to drink. So I think that's what like, happened. Yeah, yeah. Come to the uncle's house and uh, and get the treat. Sevi, mm-hmm. oh Lacroix. I've I've since switched to the cheaper uh, select brand. Um, you were all about that Lacroix back in the day. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, free. This, when would this have been? Twenty eighteen ish. I don't know. That's a guess. Yeah, that was the year. That was the year we were doing the podcast. The podcast. Yeah, Twenty seventeen. I can actually tell you because I that was a rough period for me, so I remember it very vividly. There you go, Susan. <laughs> I know. We didn't even know Susan. He was a stain on the wall. He was a peon back then. But... I was just an unread DM. Yes. That's all I was. <laughs> Chris is having a uh, a summit in uh, Chicago very soon. Can you tell us yeah. about the summit? Chris? Yeah, so I, I try to just bring gym owners together once a year and bring in speakers that I think would would help what they're going through right now. And so like a couple of years ago, we had Jocko Willink. We've had Seth Godin, Lisa Nichols, some really big names. Um, this year, uh, it's June, I believe it's 7th and 8th in Chicago. And we'll do a couple days. Kalipa is going to lead workouts every morning. Then he'll, he'll speak a little bit. Uh, Dan Martell. Yeah, there we go. Right on. Dan Martell will speak. I mean, there's uh, 30 some vendors, 400 people have already registered. So it's, um, it, it's just awesome. Like I couldn't even get a speaking spot on my own stage this year because the other speakers are so amazing that I, I got bumped, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, c- caller, what, 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 caller hung up. Sorry, caller. Uh, we didn't get to them fast enough. Hey, and can anyone go or do you have to be yeah. a client? No, anybody can go. Yeah, there's still some tickets. I think there's just under 200 tickets left, but it will sell out. It usually does. And, uh, you know, it, probably half of our clients are CrossFit gyms, just over half now, I think 53% or something. So just over 400 CrossFit gyms in the program now, but um, a lot of them will be there. And it's cool though. Like we're going to put you at a table with seven other owners. You're going to make friends for life. You know, people take vacations together with the others that they met at summit. So it, the whole point is really just to connect you with a, an infrastructure. I, I'm projecting, but what, what do you say to the people who are like me, who just don't want to travel? They're adverse to meeting new people and they're socially like, they like their gym. They're good at that. They like coaching, uh, but, but they're, they're just avoiding going. What, what would be a, a, a selling point? Why go there? Well, I mean, I'm in that boat because we're leaving for Stockholm in about four or five hours to speak there. And I'm kind of just over the travel right now. But um, my advice is do it anyway. 
you know, you hate it till you start. It's like CrossFit, right? right? Like oh, I was five gonna minutes say it's before like the class, I was like, going to say it's like sex. All right. You, you hate sex till you start. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. Starts, yeah, then you're yeah. like, all right, this is, thank Set you away. for twisting my arm. If I, if I could say, I would, I would just recommend going to something like that just for the energy. Like, especially if you've been in yeah. it for a long period of time and you could get around like-minded people, talk shop, you were like, oh, these are my people. I feel like I could have conversations and, and take a lot away from that. So that's why I would say you should go. Yep. Uh, Manny Spiegel, what about a Sevon chat meetup at the summit? Well, that is a brilliant idea. Yeah, if only Sevon <laughs> would show up, and if only somebody had thought to invite him. Uh, yeah. So, so go. I, 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 that what what Sousa said really uh, resonates with me because I remember even as a kid, like going to camp or something, and I wouldn't want to go. And every time I went, I was like, "Oh my god, that was so great!" And I came home reinvigorated for life. So it's one of it, it's reinvigorating at its bare minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want people to fall in love with owning a gym again. And uh, I know that when you're off by yourself sitting in your basement programming or whatever, it's easy to question like, what am I doing here? But the reality is when you're in a room with 600 gym owners and everybody is really excited about owning a gym, you can just gain so much momentum that the rest of the year feels like you're coasting downhill. How many people will be there in total? Uh, well, 600 tickets anyway, plus some vendors, some speakers. I mean, I'm, I'm bringing my staff because I want them to hear from other people and get really fired up about their job. And then what always happens is they come back and they've got their own ideas that they've picked up that they want to run with. And I say, I'm taking the next month off. Great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations for Thank doing you. that. And, and, and it's, it's interesting. Do, do you get a lot of, um, do you get a lot of thank yous? Yeah, I do. And I print yeah. them out and I stick them on a wall. Sometimes I need them. So Yeah. yeah that's cool. Yeah. By the way, I already know the next uh, time I have you on, uh, why I'm going to have you on. Yesterday when I was digging around on YouTube, I saw two videos that are both within the last three months. And I'm very curious what they are. And I didn't send them to Susie yet. I saw them late last night. But they're basically – they're sort of – um. I don't know what they're going to be about, but it's basic. One of them is how to take your business from zero dollars, or how I took my business from zero dollars to five million dollars in in five years. Yeah. And I was looking at that, and I'm like, wow, I haven't seen Chris really. It was a more ambiguous space. Anyway, I, I saw that you have an, and you have that video, and then you have another video that looks like it was similar similarly titled to that. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see those. We could, yeah, we could talk about that, but like my mission right now is just to get, um, especially kids, but everybody thinking about entrepreneurship as a career choice. And so, uh, I have a new site called businessisgood.com where I'm just presenting the perspective that they don't see, you know, most of our kids are brought up in the Disney world where everybody with money is bad and everybody that's bad has money. And like entrepreneurs are rich because they took from other people and all this other stuff. So I'm part of my mission now is just like give people entrepreneurial skill sets um, or, or options. So we can talk about that another time for sure. It sounds like a favorite subject, subject of mine. Uh, the burpee dude. Happy birthday, Audrey. Okay. Happy birthday, Audrey. Congrats. Happy you birthday. Made it another year. You made it. <laughs> yeah. uh, dog, dad, baby, CrossFit. Is that really the name of your gym? No, CrossFit Fairway Park. Okay. Uh, good morning from California. Wow, that's a tough place to be. Uh, Chris you. saved my gym. I owe him everything. Thank you, Chris. See you in June. Awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, I'm going. I want to show you. Uh, 
I promise you guys this show will get um, going. I want to show you. Uh, Is it this video in the email? Did you want me to bring it up? Well, I'm gonna, first I want to show him this one. I saw this one this morning. This is a newborn baby. Uh, I was just wondering if this is in any of your – can you see the screen okay, Chris? Yeah. This is a newborn baby, uh, and the father is um, covering it with uh, $100 bills. Is this talked about in any of your books for uh, your entrepreneurial studies? Yeah, I, I mean um, people in the Muslim faith whisper a prayer into their baby's ear. I tell people, cover your baby in hundos. <laughs> This is crazy. Hey, I heard that I heard a stat that every hundred dollar bill in the United States has cocaine residue on it. And I just see that and I'm like, well, enough of those and the baby's going to get a bump. Okay, we can't let Chris. We're not done with you yet. Chris. By the way, I caught your science. Joke on, science. Yes. Yeah. Booyah. I, I caught your joke on the uh, Kalipa podcast that, um, that 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 I don't think uh, Jason caught where you talked about the ease of doing the open workouts. I want to tell you I, I appreciated that. I don't know if you remember that part, but you made you made a no. Okay, fine. Uh, now uh, this is a, a bizarre video. Some of you are not. Most of you are not going to understand why I'm showing Chris this, but you quickly will uh, study Chris's face closely as he sees this. See if he has it. Has <laughs> I literally it. have this. I have this twenty feet from me. This, this is uh, when you when you ball like Chris. These are the types of things that you purchase. Uh, you think Ferraris and shit? No, no. Uh, so I I did bring that up on the Kalipa podcast, yes. and then I texted him a picture of it. Like, oh, I don't have that. No, <laughs> that's that's the kitten that was born and wrapped in hundred dollar bills that buys the treadmill. And that's the uh, ghetto kitten. Hey, um, yeah. so is this a Canadian thing because your cat can't go outside because it's so cold? So you get you just put a circle in the house i mean it's literally snowing this morning and it's april 26th so uh it's it's funny i was skeptical when we got it but she'll run down there and meow until somebody comes to watch her so it's not just about doing it it's like you know if nobody took my picture it doesn't count it's very crossfit <laughs> all right if you say if you say so. yeah. that thing is amazing and your cat uses it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Amazing. She, she probably just does it for the instagram followers but whatever. <laughs> right I want to say, um, I want to say, what a stupid cat! But in, in probably a couple hours here, I'll be running on one in my garage. It's not a circle, but I guess I'm no smarter than the cat. Hey, it's just so you know, um, the, it's beach days here in California. So anyone who uh, is is hating on California, I understand the hatred. But uh, it, today is a beach day. After I get off the phone here with Mister uh, Cooper, yeah, jealous. Uh, how? many gyms how many crossfit gyms if if there are let, let's say there's anywhere be, let's say there's 10,000 crossfit gyms right now yeah how many since 2002 have failed i my best guess is half but i let me rephrase that sorry how many have closed down i failed seems low yeah, how many exactly, how many yeah. have opened and closed down for and, and, and we know that a lot of them are because people deploy people get divorces yeah. for what you know for whatever reason how um uh, the uh there was the uh, there was this thing where they tried to put masks on everyone for 2 years and stop people from going indoors that thing happened so how many gyms have closed down do you think since 2002 uh, crossfit gyms my best guess is over 10,000 and 
it's hard to figure that number out, but uh, honestly, like there are ways that you can count affiliates and you can count affiliates that are actually open uh, by checking their websites and stuff like that. And we do that about every quarter. So we get an accurate head count. But um, years ago, the first year that they listed all the affiliates on the wall at uh, the CrossFit like affiliate thing at the games, it was interesting to look at like who wasn't there anymore. And, you know, from my perspective, that means that, uh, you know, unfortunately there's about 10,000 affiliates who have closed and it's unfortunate, not because that's a failure, but because we haven't been able to learn anything from them. There's never been anybody saying like, what happened? Did you deploy? Did you, you know, mm. did you go to business because of masking mandates or did you. Uh, Chris, I think like, you know, that's probably a gold mine. And unfortunately, nobody's asking the question. And also the, the culture up till this point has been such that um, like nobody had, everybody associates closing with failure. They don't want to fail. So they don't tell you why they're like, no, I'm ascending in my career to real estate or I'm, I'm retiring from gym ownership. And those things are valid. Absolutely. But I think we can learn from every single one of those and uh, you know, really help the, the next generation of affiliates ascend. So, man, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot of things like that that you just said. I was thinking about when you said that about gyms closing and, and people being embarrassed. I was thinking about relationships too. When relationships are over, yeah. I think a lot of people are embarrassed, so they spin these negative stories. Whether they're with your wife, your best friend, and they and they spin these stories, they try to make them save face. Uh, but you probably don't. You probably don't learn from that. So, yeah. So does there need to be a book, How My Gym Failed? And is there a, is there a stereotypical failure story? Like, you know how there's like this, uh, the hero's journey. Is there a stereotypical um, gym failure story? Well, I think because most of us who open a gym are first-time entrepreneurs, uh, there's probably, uh, you know, 10,000 different failure stories. But the one thing they have in common is they all just ran out of time. <laughs> So like they either they knew what they had to do to fix it, but they ran out of money and they just couldn't hang in there long enough or possibly they were exhausted. I talk to owners all the time who say, I know what to do, but I just I don't have it in me to go through this for another three or four months. And really, if you track the the people who closed down during masking mandates here in Canada, where we had like a almost two straight years of lockdowns or mask mandates or whatever, uh, almost everyone that I spoke to said, I give up, not like I'm being forced to close. You know, some did run out of money and that was unfortunate, but um, a lot of people were just so angry or exhausted or, you know, so that that's it. You either run out of time, or you run out of money or you run out of patience. It, and, you know, I've been luckily enough um, brought into a few negotiations where gyms were being sold to other gyms. And typically what happens is if the person that's selling hung in for three more months, uh, fixed their gym up to a point where it was attractive to a buyer, they could probably have gotten double what they actually got for it, but they just, they don't see a way forward, right? They've, they've like run out of future. They can't see a bright light at the end of the tunnel. What, what about, um, and this is some like new age stuff, but what about the, just the fact that it's not that, that they're not, um, following their purpose? Like, yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Do you think that that's often the case or no, you can't, you, it's not. 
I'm looking for like yeah. one generic story. You know, you know, like like um, I, I see someone with tattoos and in running shoes and gauge in their ear, and they're running down the street and they're covered in tattoos and they have the big earrings and and they're really skinny. And I think, yep, former drug addict or you know, some someone who's been to AA and now they're they found long slow distance running and, and they're they're working out their shit. Is there? And, and you're probably right. I bet you seven out of ten times. Um, is is there a story like that for for gyms? Like it really wasn't that person's purpose. <clears throat> Well, for me, I think it's a misunderstanding of their purpose. So okay. for me, like I, I opened a gym thinking it was going to do well because I was a really good coach or I thought I was a 10 out of 10. I was probably a seven out of 10. I was a coach, but I thought, well, I'm a good coach. The next logical conclusion here is like, you know, open a gym. And what I didn't understand was that I needed to become a really good business owner. Now, if you've been brought up in an environment where you see business ownership, wealth creation, entrepreneurship as evil, then that is not going to align with your values that you picked up from your parents. And you're always going to be in conflict when it comes time to ask somebody to pay you, you're going to have a real, you know, conscious or unconscious problem there when you have to raise rates or you realize you made a mistake and you've grandfathered clients. Now you have to take that away. Like you're going to struggle on a very deep level and absolutely that could spike your gym. Hey, so before you open a gym, what I heard you just say is you need to ask yourself the question, are you ready to make money? And as silly as that sounds, I know tons of people who fit that description of what you just said. They think being rich is evil. Like they see a fancy car drive by and they think bad, bad person. They don't think, oh, my God, that person must have worked so hard to get it. That's right. Yeah. And that, that's a cultural problem, right? Um, so – well, gym ownership would be perfect for them because it won't happen, so they're fine. Hey, well, <laughs> is that? Do you think? Do you think? Um, I, I know you're not a doctor, but do you think medically speaking, uh, that's just unhealthy to to see? Do you think? Is there any benefit in seeing someone who's successful and poo poo them? Oh my! Th- well, I, I'm. I think what you'd call like an optimistic skeptic, and so I do. You know, if Sousa rolls up today in his orange McLaren, yeah. And, and I'm going to wonder where he got it. And uh, I'm very skeptical of people, especially online, who are like posting pictures of themselves leaning on a Ferrari. I'm very skeptical of that. But once I know how they got there, then, yeah, I'm, I'm their biggest fan, you know, as long as they didn't have to steal from somebody else to get there. But that's the problem is like real entrepreneurship uh, creates wealth and abundance for other people and they grow the pie for everybody instead of just like taking from everybody else and accumulating wealth and hoarding it, which is unfortunately like, you know, the, the 1% of entrepreneurs who are really highlighted in Walt Disney stories and every after school special. Say that line again, real entrepreneurs. Do you remember what you just said? No, but basically like real entrepreneurs grow the pie for everybody. So for yeah. example, like when, um, when an economy is in crisis, who can actually grow the size of the economy? It's only the entrepreneurs. Like the government can't grow the economy. The unions can't grow the economy. The bureaucrats can't grow the economy. It's up to the entrepreneurs to build the economy by creating value and attracting money from other people in a way that serves them back so that the, the economy can continue to grow and people will keep investing in them. And so if you want to turn an economy around, whether it's your own personal you know, economy or it's the economy of your business or the economy of your town or your whole nation, 
the, the way that you do that is by creating value for other people. And that's the message that does not get taught in high school or doesn't show up in Disney movies. And when you say creating value for other people, you mean open a gym, hire people, hire people to clean the floors, hire people yeah. to teach there, hire people to paint the room. You're basically yeah. doing real job creation, not printing money and, and, and doing job. It, yeah. 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 I mean, so for example, like, you know, my gym would have, you know, there's two people who are full-time now and about five part-timers. Right. But in total, uh, I would pay corporate taxes of about $150,000 a year. Okay. So that money goes somewhere. I don't know where all of the staff that I have, they're paying income taxes between 27 and 42%. That all goes to the government. Then everything that they buy, they're paying 13% sales tax on. That's going to the government. Like that's what's paying for healthcare and education and roads and everything else. That money isn't derived from the government, right? It's derived from taxes mostly. Mm -hmm. Caller, hi. And thank you. Yeah, thanks for shutting me up. Hey, good. up no, no, you're great, Chris. You're great. Uh, there's there's more there. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, uh, what's up, Savon? Guys, Coop, it's it's Juka. Hey, Jeff. Hey, uh, I felt called to call. I felt compelled to call in because uh, you told the story, Savon, of um, you know I was never profitable. Heard Coop on the podcast called him, and I got profitable. Well, I had a similar one, and it's a short one. But I was sleeping in a hammock in my gym office, and I still have the holes up in my office, so I wouldn't forget of where I had the hammock. Uh, was divorced and failing rent. Uh, so I had to move out of my rent house. And when Coop was talking about, you know, people run out of time and even more important, like you run out of future. That's like, that was where I was when I called Coop back in, whew, we've known each other for a while now, I guess, but, uh, you know, 2016, 2017. And so my gym was at like just about gross and a little over six figures. And, the problem with what I was doing was I got into it. I loved people. I wanted to help people, but I didn't think about running a business. And mm -hmm. so kind of like the, the whole origin story, the, the story that you see for gym owners here, a story, at least in my experience was we get into it, to help people, but I didn't think about, I've got to get into this to run a really good business so that I can actually help people. And it was the doing the business stuff. It was doing the hard things for me, which were putting down some systems, writing down how to greet clients, when is on time to show up for a class and when is late. All these things that I was missing led me to have this gym close to 200 members, not making any money, looking really good from wow. the outside wow. and being really fit. But I mean, nothing. And so I was in a terrible place. And so, you know, if you don't, if you want to like really, you know, fail, like how, to, if you want to write the book on like how to fail, yeah. Uh, don't track anything and don't see how you're, don't see how you're doing. So wasn't making anything. And then Coop was like, yeah, but I called him and I was, I was out of future, man. I was out of it. And uh, he's like, well, put some things in place in your business first before we get to think, thinking about get more clients and solve this, you know, people leaving your gym because you know, it's not running really well. It's dramatic. It's like, just run a good business. I mean, Today, we're still in business. We're about to be our 11th anniversary. Congrats. Congrats, buddy. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we're triple what our numbers were way back then. We're more than triple that. 
Um, I do good. I've got full-time staff, part-time staff, all that good stuff that came from Two Brains. So there's my like, hey guys, Two Brains awesome. There what you city? Go. What city but, are you in? West Little Rock. Little Rock, Arkansas. Wow. Okay. Yeah, our cost of living index is dirt. So it's really it's a lot of money here. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, congratulations. This is an awesome story. Congrats, buddy. Thanks. Well, the the one question I originally wanted to call in for was, you know, I was at this conference not long ago and the guy was asking all the business owners, are you in business for money or are you not? And of course it was like, raise your hand if you're in business for money. And no one wants to raise their hand. He's like, okay, raise, raise your hand if you're not in business for money at all. And he's basically just trying to convince you to go get a job. He's like, you can do all that. You can still save lives and improve lives for people if you do this. So he's like, what's, what's everyone's real answer here? And it only took me 11 years in business and that question being asked to realize like I need money and I don't need to be afraid of money because I want to help the world in the way that matters to me. And I'm going to need money to do that. And I need to make money through my business because if I don't, then I'm going to go work somewhere else and I won't be able to help the world in the way that I can. And I know I can so that flips the script for me with money. And as gym owners, it becomes a lot easier for us mentally. And we go, Hey, we need to make money. We need to run a good business to do that. And then we get to help the world in a really impactful way. And so once you know, like what you want to do with like your purpose, that's great, but you're still going to have to run a great business if you're going to do it long-term. And who taught me that? And I think it just took me, you know, yeah, a long, long time to put it into a succinct sentence. So, uh, yeah, that was super helpful uh, for me. And like now I get to deal, now I get to fix this lack of income and lack of money and financial security through all the generations of my family. That all gets to end with me. Like I've got my fire and I've got my why, but I'm able to do it because I have a, a really solid cash flow asset business. And I'm investing in other things now with the profits that come out of it. Hey, let me so, ask you. Let me anyway, ask you a question. Can I, can I ask you a question here? And this is uh, me. Um, uh, you know, this is me being triggered. How dare you say you want to make money? Um, yeah. Uh, what What about your clients <laughs> sniffing? What if your clients sniff that the fact that you want to make money? Like, do you have to hide that from them? Like, is that unattractive? Is that unattractive um, if they if they sense that I'm trying to make money? I think that's unattractive about them with the beliefs that they have about money. Right. Okay. I, that's, that's more about their beliefs because, and I don't hide it personally. So like I've, I've bought some single family homes. I'm renting them out to tenants. I'm not charging them an exorbitant amount of money for rent, but like I'm investing in stuff with the profits I make from the gym and I'm happy to show it because I can also, you know, I also am happy that we have full-time members who make, or full-time staff that make career money doing yeah. something they love and they don't got to go have another job they hate. Right. And we're helping people. So no, not at all. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Very good call. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks, uh, Susa, can you yeah. bring up that com that comment you just brought up? That was a crazy comment. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I see all your comments on the side and I will bring them up. I'm so far behind, but I see tons. Of I've been writing comments. them down. I've been okay. writing them down too. So we could kind of reference them. Thanks, and I got a gazillion questions here for Chris. Also a uh, Chris Plentis, uh, Mentorship shouldn't be cheap if it's worth it, just like our gym prices. But there does need to be a return of investment. That's what they call 
ROI. Um, I made 20 times return on investment. So meaning if this guy spent $5 on, on mentorship uh, with two brain business, he got a hundred dollars back. Wow. That's crazy. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah. Is He's that guy on the leaderboard? Um, yeah. He'd be on a couple of different leaderboards probably. Wow. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. Hey, now let's say I sign up. Do I have access to Chris too? Like other, other members who have had success? Yeah. So I try to be like accessible to everyone. You know, we have huge public Facebook groups where people DM me questions all the time. And it, as long as it was within the scope of a Facebook message, I try to respond, but, but um, I mean to him, yeah. to that guy, let's say I sign yeah. up for two brain business. I get a mentor, but I also want yeah. to talk to that dude, Chris Plentis, who's I have. Oh yeah. Yeah, other, sure. Of course. The other yeah. members. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I, I thought you were talking about me here. No, yeah, I, I never even mentioned your name. <laughs> so the thing about like, you, should your members think you're rich? They think you're rich anyway. They think that because you own a business, you are Scrooge McDuck, right? And like, what what hit this for me was I had a nephew working for me. He was graduating high school and he's like, hey man, uh, I got the prom coming up. Can I borrow your tuxedo? And I said, tuxedo, like Greg, what would make you think that I own a tuxedo? And he's like, well, you own a business. Like, obviously you have a tuxedo. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. And, um, so I, finally I was like, all right, I'm making no money. Everybody thinks I'm making tons of money. I might as well just make tons of money and then I can just have lots of money and give it all away. Uh, that's another time. And you could, but the, and then you could rent him a tuxedo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So rent. Yeah. Um, uh, Allison, how much money should gym owners be making these days? So Allison, I am. Super and, uh, by the way, pe for people who don't know, Allison uh, has owned, uh, I, I think, at least two CrossFit gyms that I know of. Yeah. And Allison will also remember like the original CrossFit message board, where if you asked that question back then, you would be chewed up and spit out. Like, what are you talking about? You're in this for the mission. You're in this to help people, you greedy, you know. Um, you Buddhist so monk. <laughs> yeah. No, like you, you were back then you were expected to martyr yourself for your craft. So Allison, what we say is like with 150 members, no matter where you are in the world, or at least in like, you know, North America, you should be able to make a hundred thousand dollars from there. It should scale up. And so like profit margin should increase, but we generally tell people to start there 150 members, hundred K net. That's not the average. In fact, if you walked into any random gym, micro gym, CrossFit gym, whatever worldwide right now, and there were 12 people there, the person who's making the least amount of money is probably the person that owns the gym because they're, you know, they're attracting high value clients and whatever. Um, but yeah, starting with hundred K the next metric we would look at is like, what is the happiness index for your city? So like, what does it actually take to be able to afford a home, a car, you know, your groceries in a night out on Saturday, that's what your next target should be. And there's a lot of variables that go into that, but yeah. Um, the average, if you take like a mean average across 16,000 gyms worldwide, the average is under $40,000 per year. It's not good enough. Uh, gyms following our model are generally hitting hundred K within a couple of years, like take home. Uh, what's the going rate for classes these days? Do you mean price for the client or paying the coaches? So oh, it, that's a good question. I assume she meant for the, um, uh, for the members, but may, but maybe, maybe she meant for the, uh, staff. Yeah. So Allison, like this is, these are such great questions. So, um, if you look at like across again, 16,000 gyms, the average rate that we're paying for classes is $21 per class, obviously to, that's to not the coach. Enough. 
to the coach. Not enough, but it's all the gym owner can afford. Right. And in some cases they're even underwater at that. They've got two people showing up They're The people are paying like eight bucks a class. The coach is making 21 and the gym owner is losing money on those two people. Um, but if you look at like, what are people actually, what are the members paying? What's more important to look at is like their average revenue per month their ARM instead of the class rate class rates should be minimum 165, you know, uh, orange series up around 400 bucks a month. And I think we're offering a better service than they are. Uh, I'm not sure what F45 is. We have a few of those in two brain. Um, but the reality is like the members should be at least 205 a month. What's actually happening though, is that the average, um, class like class membership rate that people are paying worldwide is just under a hundred bucks a month. Like it's not even close to where it has to be. Um, another question from or a comment from Allison, but I think uh, Chris can answer this. So many CrossFit gym owners were coaches or members who just love CrossFit. They think it will be easy and there isn't a ton of info about how to run a CrossFit gym for free or low price. I, I yeah. think that there, I think if I may amend what she said a little bit, I think there's a ton of info. Just people don't know where to get it. Where, where yeah. you get it, right? A ton of free info, right? You you have how many books? Um, half a dozen at least. I don't know. This for gym owners, there's like four. Um, and I think I wrote, I might have written the first one where I specifically mentioned a CrossFit gym because that book sold like thirty two thousand copies. We publish for free every single day, like eleven times a week. Um, free info, and there is a lot of other free info out there right now too. We've reached we've. We started like when Allison and I started, there was no info, right? I think maybe like Nikki Violetti, Rob Wolf's wife had a blog. And now we're at the other end of the spectrum where there's a lot of info, but there's no filters. It's very tough to tell like who's full of shit or not, you know, mm-hmm. or like who's even relevant. And so, you know, our strength is really filtering that stuff with actual data, you know, hey, prove it. And I can remember even when I was working for CrossFit and we were publishing stuff in CrossFit Journal about business, um, there was a guy in Manhattan, and Allison will probably know who I'm talking about, who had this like amazing gym. And so, uh, Seve, you know probably who this was too. So CrossFit like said, Chris, go write a story. And so uh, two of us went out there and we started doing wow. a story about this gym. And then when we started digging deeper, we're like, wow, this this guy wasn't telling us the whole story and he's involved in all these lawsuits. He's not making money. You know, he's probably getting sued three ways from Sunday. And so that type of filtering takes a lot of money and effort. And that's at the time what CrossFit HQ didn't want to do. They didn't want to vet the stuff that I was saying. They didn't want to track the data. Um, so what CrossFit HQ is doing right now is, is trying to put together courses and even mentorship for gym owners, which is a great first step. And it's exactly what we were doing like 2012. What eventually has to happen though, is you have to have filters that are proven by data. Uh, and that's what we're trying to do more and more every year now. I'm trying to see where my, um, see his man bun there. No, yeah. Don't look at that. It's Listen, beach day. Susan, you're fired. Uh, uh th- th- this is, if nothing, this is an amazing, uh, I don't know what you call this, a magazine or a book, but th- not only yes. is it crazy high quality, but this is his commitment to the space. This is called State of the Industry. This is put out by Two Brain and Chris Cooper and Chris Cooper's staff. And, it, and, and this is, it. I, I can't tell you how amazing this is. If you're, if you're interested in opening a CrossFit gym and you don't have one of these, or if you open a CrossFit gym and you haven't got your hand on this, you're missing out. If nothing else, this is junk food for you. This is just filled 
with stats. I, I think big... it's a, it's answering most of the questions that are coming up in this comments because like what Chris was saying, it's all backed by data. So you could have a question, you could go to that portion of the book, you could look at it, and then you could get a broad spectrum of data in different categories of gyms. Super useful. And and you don't have to believe this too. You it's it, t- it tells you how he collected the data and where he collected it from. So you can be like, well, I think Chris's numbers are padded by ten percent, or I think Chris's <laughs> numbers are are are, are short ten percent. Because and and that's fair to do that. You can bring yeah. your own insight and awareness to this to see like, okay, may, uh, he 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 showed me here this thing. He has fifteen thousand people who participated in this one, but this one he only has eight hundred. This this these stats need to develop more. It, it's it's like this is just truly remarkable but the reason why i'm not showing you this is also to to for um just a blatant uh hey we have chris cooper on right now this this guy put this together this is i don't this doesn't have a price on it you don't sell this yeah Yeah, it's free that's it's crazy yeah that's nuts this is crazy yeah hey and you scan this and this gives you the book on your phone uh, it gives you something. I, we give away okay. a lot of free prizes, so it's hard for me to remember. My book, all, I mean, but, it gives yeah. you this thing on your phone. This thing's on the comp- on the internet too, right? Yeah, yeah. You can get a PDF of that, but we ship it out um, to about. But you 6, want this, gyms. yeah, people. You want this. This thing yeah. is is like, this is yeah. yum. You definitely yeah. want it. Yum. Thank you. So. Uh, very well put together. So this isn't thank just you. Some guy. This isn't. I, in, this isn't. I'm not poo pooing. This isn't just some gym owner that we have on right here. This is. This is the guy. And and, Thanks, and he made and he made himself the guy. This this whole thing, it's kind of uh ironic. This whole thing that we're talking about is Chris's entrepreneurial venture. So there mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it's 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 pretty damn cool. Uh there was a question in here. So this opens up a very um a bunch of I wanted to ask a question after this that what's the best way to leverage the CrossFit name? You're paying these affiliate fees. What's the best way to leverage? Um, get get return on that but let's start here uh personal question for chris uh, why did chris close his affiliate and he didn't close it he um just stopped paying his affiliate fees for a while de-affiliated yeah and then why is are you is this accurate are you an affiliate again yeah okay can, can you tell us that journey maybe start back just a little bit like when you became an affiliate and why you became one just so there's some context yeah for sure so we became an affiliate in 07 uh I think it might even our contract might say 08 because they didn't they didn't actually give me the affiliate till I had my L1, but we started paying, and um, that's kind of a funny story. So we were Catalyst Fitness even before then. We'd been around for about four years, and I wanted to be CrossFit Catalyst. And the problem was that Greg Everett was Catalyst CrossFit, and so um, I back then CrossFit HQ had a phone number and I called it and I'm like, yo, this is a big deal to me. And they said, well, here's, here's Greg's cell phone. Why don't you just call him and ask him if it's okay? And like, that's how it was. In the Greg first- who Glassman or Greg Everett? Everett. Yeah. Okay. And so it, it was like, that's just kind of how it was in the first thousand affiliates. So I don't know what my number was, but I was in the first thousand. This, it would have been officially 2008. And then um, I started working for CrossFit in 2012 uh, on the games team. And then 2013 was hired to have a a CrossFit blog called the community page. Um, I did really well at that. So it only lasted about three months, but it, no, it got spiked. And then I just traveled around doing stuff. That was through HQ. Yeah. 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 What year was that? 14, maybe I had just been hired. I had just written this story about um, doing a powerlifting meet in a prison 
and meeting all these inmates who were talking about doing CrossFit and Greg loved it. And, and that got me a job basically. Uh, and then we started this thing called the community page. And then, um, through that, I worked a lot with the CrossFit Foundation, including CrossFit for Hope, traveled quite a bit with uh, Greg and his circle, uh, including Sevi, you know, and that's how we became friends. Um, but through some of those travels, um, there, you know, there were some conversations that left me with kind of like a uh-oh feeling. And um, so, you know, I was very close to de-affiliating around starting around 2018, things came to kind of a head for me where I was having a values crisis. And then, um, about, uh, what was it? 2020. What's, What's that mean, Chris? A value crisis. Um, first thanks, Allison. A value crisis is like, you know, the old saying, never meet your heroes, right? Well, um, Greg's taught me a lot. Greg's been an enormous influence in my life, but when I spent time with him in person, I kind of realized like, uh, I just don't want to be like this guy you know? And, um, so I, then I was like, well, why am I paying this affiliate fee? And, and I asked him that, like, why am I still paying this affiliate fee? And he said, Chris, this was at his kitchen table in Portland. He's like, if I, if I was using something that somebody else invented, I would want to pay them for it. You know, fair enough. Right. So, and, um, you had that conversation with Greg. Yeah. It's recorded. Right. If you go to right. two brainbusiness.com forward slash Greg, you can listen to the whole thing. Like, okay. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions about CrossFit actually that he clears up in that interview that I think every affiliate should listen to. Um, and, and so, you know, we remain close, but he was just like, not a, a hero that I was aspiring to copy anymore. And um, so that, that kind of stuff was happening. And then um, they sold. Right. And I was like, okay, and well, that's 2020. You're talking about the sale to uh, um, Berkshire, Ber Berkshire. Berkshire. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, Greg's rationale to me was like, you know, you should be paying the creator of CrossFit, which I totally agreed with. Um, and then when it got sold to Berkshire, I was like, well, you know, I'm not paying Greg anymore. Greg's been paid, you know, Greg earned that money. And um, I'm not sure if that number is public, so I won't say it, but like, good for him. He's been paid and he's done, but I'm not going to keep paying Berkshire for this. And then um, we were also going through like massive lockdowns. And I'll be candid with you guys, like the BLM stuff came up in my gym and I said, this doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect a lot of my clients, but it really affects this handful of clients. And I went to them and talked to them about it and they were the, like, the, yeah. the Floyd 19 comment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I went to them and, um, yeah, after conversation with them, we just took CrossFit off our signage and just left it off. And honestly, it, you know, it didn't make a difference one way or the other to my business. Um, but you nobody... kept paying your affiliate fees. You took it off, but you kept paying your affiliate fees. No, we canceled affiliation okay. about a year later. My L1 okay. expired. There was no way for me to get an L1. Um, I tried to do the L1 online. They marked me absent for part of it. And I was just like, okay, I give up. So we just let it go. But you weren't absent? <laughs> no. Uh, it's a long story, but anyway, okay, no. okay, okay. okay. Awesome. I don't want to get into that, right? Okay, it's just fine, like, but I like it. I like another it. Another episode, another yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, somebody made a mistake, right? Okay, and it's not yes. their fault. It's nobody's right. fault. I was, I was in the divorce mindset with CrossFit anyway. Like anything that pissed me off was going to cause me to deaffiliate. So I did. Right, right. You were hanging up by by a thread. 
Yeah. And then, um, and, and already like, you know, around 2019 or when the sale happened, I immediately said, okay, good, I'm done. Like Greg's been paid. Everybody's good. I'm happy. And Dave Castro called me and he's like, give us six months. Like we're bringing in this new guy and it's going to be amazing, but like, you've got to give us some time, give us till December. And I did that. And then I gave them till June, you know, and then it was like, okay, I'm just, you know, my L1's expired. I can't keep my affiliate. I'm done. So, um, then about uh i got in some conversations with rosa that were also pretty frustrating and and uh honestly like um there were some conversations around the apn that were very frustrating and so part of the reason that my gym de-affiliated was because my own personal relationship with people at hq is deteriorating too so there's a lot there um and i don't expect my decision to be copied by anybody else because i had a unique context that not a lot of people get to have um, so several months ago, I, I got another call from Castro. He'd been rehired. Uh, I got a call from Bill Henniger and like a, just a whole bunch of calls. And it was like, you know, you need to be back under the tent. Can we work this out? And finally, Austin Maliolo said, we're putting together business courses. Will you audit them for us? Like, tell us what's in there, what's missing. And I agreed to do it. Um, now listen how weird that is people. Chris makes a living helping gyms. And a competitor said, hey, we are making a competitive <laughs> course to yours, a program to yours that we're going to sell. Can you help us build it? And Chris said, yes. Right. Did you say yes? Uh, yeah. I mean, Austin, I'll tell you, I was I drug my heels a lot, but I don't consider CrossFit a competitor. They're they're okay. a collaborator. All right. right? All right. Like, I see. Him as, I see them as a competitor to you, but go on. Thanks. Um, well, I think, let me ask you this. Do you think um, they made the cap program for free? Do you think that's a competitor to, let's say, Mayhem programming? I mean, it's so many gyms use Mayhem. Um, well, and love it. Are, those, are they competitors? Yes, because the programming is one or the other, right? So, like, you're not going to buy two streams of programming. Right. What actually happened, and CrossFit did just release a global mentorship program, too. Um, which was ironic because it's like the day that we agreed to sponsor affiliate summits, they started promoting this global mentorship program. And a lot of people would see that as competition and it, it rocked me for, you know, three hours. But what actually happens is this CrossFit affiliates need business coaching. They need uh, data. They need expertise. The, the global mentorship program is brand new, right? Like they're trying to do the stuff based on the individual experience of the people in the program, I guess. And that's how we started too. So I can't fault it. Um, but now what we found is a decade after doing this is like, we generally ascend people to us anyway. So it doesn't really matter what business mentorship program people start with the best find their way to two brain. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, I really have no problem with that. Chris, I'm going to need you to fire up the treadmill. Um, Do you hear the cat? Is that yeah, why? No, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. She, no, she literally I that was your kids. To... Let me out of the no. basement. Hey, no. listen, listen. For I, I'm totally on board with what uh, people in the comments their gut reaction is. Uh, fuck that. I'm not paying this fucking guy uh, my last five thousand dollars to that I to, to to mentor me. Blah blah. I'm. To, I've always been. I always have that reaction whenever we have Chris on. But here's the deal. Go get the, the book. is You can find the book for free online. You can get a PDF of the book, download it on your phone. Get the book, learn from the book, and make us deal with yourself and be like, if I can read this book and I can make the money to pay for my mentorship, 
from what I learned from the book, then I'll pay for them. I mean, set yourself up for success. Challenge yourself. I, I, I'm, I'm only I'm having this guy on over and over again because people won't shut up about him. I'm not having him on for the fucking numbers. That's for sure. There's no sex, drugs and rock and roll in this fucking podcast. And if I could have the two books that I read, because a couple people ask you, was the uh, Two Brain Business 2.0 and Help, Help First. Wait, what are the, those are the ones you read? Tell me them again. Yeah, Two Brain Business 2.0 uh-huh. and Help First. Right, was those the titles, Chris? Sorry, I didn't have them pulled in front yeah, of Yeah, yeah, those came out together in like 2017, yeah. Yeah, so those were the two books that I got my hands on. Help First was all about you know selling and how you position yourself as a great read for your staff. And then 2.0 is basically kind of the principles that I assume underlie kind of the mentorship and the programs you bring people through. So if you guys are looking for those first initial resources, like Sevon is saying, I'm going to read these, I'm going to impl- uh, uh, implement these, maybe you earn a little money from that implementation and then reach out to Chris, that's the best way to do it. And that's That was a similar strategy to what I did. Read the books, applied the material. So Thanks. Chris drank the Kool-Aid wanted to help people had a wife he didn't say this part but i know this part had a wife who would subsidize uh his desire to be a coach <laughs> yeah. uh, which That's i think true. is a pretty which i think is a pretty uh, uh common story laura connor uh the book really uh helps uh, uh helps helped me a lot thank you um opened a crossfit gym uh then uh, it, it did some did some really smart things, by the way. One of the stories, I'm sure there's a ton of stories like this, but one of the things that Chris did is, is similar to some of the guests we've had who own gyms had. He got contracts with the city to help people. Specifically, he was helping autistic kids, which was a yep. boon to his business. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, of revenue there. But basically, and then at some point between 2018 and 2020, parted ways uh, with CrossFit, uh, didn't survive the what happened at the, at the highest level there in terms of what he wanted to see the direction CrossFit going. And then um, he obviously, if Bill Henniger and Dave Castro are calling him to come back under the tent, that was influential to him. Um, and they – what was their – what was their justification or argument? Did, did they is it is it just please do it and you do it because it's Bill and Dave or do they tell you? It, it, I, I'm I feel like it was an emotional appeal, like hey Chris, we can make it, come back. Yeah. Or was there some like hey Chris, if you do this, give um, me one more chance, gy- baby. <laughs> all, all of your gyms, <sighs> all of your gyms are going to make an extra three thousand uh, uh, dollars no. a year. Was there anything practical no. of why or was it just emotional appeal? No, I mean, so Nicole was, uh, Carol was also in that conversation and, and she's like, you know, um, what is the actual value of affiliation? And I said, it's, it's like finding an oil well or an oil leak on your property. Like it's, it could be amazing, but if you don't know what you're doing, like it's just going to be a mess and it could be detrimental. And then, um, from there, you know, Dave's thing was like, I'm back. We've got a mission again. And this, you know, what you just said, Sevi, was kind of true. Like, I just could not see what the mission was. The mission seemed to be increased shareholder value for Berkshire. And that was the impression that I got of the APN. Like, this isn't adding value to affiliates. It's it's creating wealth for Berkshire. Like, I think that's changed now. I think that's evolved. But at the time, that's certainly the way that things seem to be going. And, um, you know, so the conversation since then, Dave is like, uh, you know, Allison, uh, I believe it's Andriozzi, was CEO for a few months there. She was really the CFO. I talked to her. I talked to Dave uh, and I talked to Bill. And, you know, Dave's message was like, the mission is back. We get it. Uh, and then I saw Eric, uh, sorry, not Eric, um, who's the new CEO again? Mr. Fall, Don. Yeah, Don. I saw him on this show. And right at the end, you asked a question, like, what should HQ be doing? And he said, 
getting more people to do CrossFit. And I said, that's it. Like that's HQ's job. It's not to tell me how to run an affiliate. It's just get people doing CrossFit. And that's the best thing you can do to, to help me. Hey, that, like that that really aligns with Greg's message too, by the way. That's exactly. on with Greg, yeah. what Greg said for years. Yep. Well, it's funny because the closer HQ gets back to the original message, the better they seem to be doing, but you know, that's mm. beside the point. So, um, then, uh, from Bill, who I really respect, it was like, look, the, the best thing that can happen here is that the CrossFit message gets out there and saves lives. And the way that happens is that affiliates are successful and they last for 30 years instead of like lasting for three years, helping a hundred people and going away. And like the way that these people last 30 years is with you guys. And like, you guys have to be under the tent. And at the same time, Austin was asking like, would I audit their course for new gyms? And, um, uh, so we talked about reaffiliating the CrossFit catalyst name was gone, but I actually owned a second affiliate for a while called CrossFit brain. And when CrossFit for hope was really big, one of Greg's four initiatives was CrossFit for brains. And so we talked about building oh, that program. That's right. Uh, yep. And I registered crossfitbrain.com, built that site out. I always forget we- about this story. This is not a good story. It's okay. Uh, when, anyway, when, when CrossFit for hope, uh, folded, basically there was no need for CrossFit brain anymore. And, um, so we just kind of folded those tents. It wasn't handled well, but that's beside the point, but I did, I was the affiliate on record for CrossFit brain. And technically that's what we are again now is CrossFit brain. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, how should, so that brings us to this, how should CrossFit gyms be leveraging the CrossFit name? I think it's through media. I mean, if you look at like how do CrossFit gyms actually grow, Um, the best thing that they can do is just leverage the old media content. I think the best thing that HQ ever did for CrossFit affiliates was have such an amazing and impressive media company. And it's not, it's not just because I'm on your show that I'm saying that. And like, not just because you were in charge of that. The first time I ever met Greg in person, maybe 2013, the first thing he says, he stands up in front of the team and he, he says, CrossFit's a media company, not a fitness company. I never heard him say that again, but that's the reality, right? Like, I heard him say it. He's told me that a hundred times. He, yeah. said, he, he said that he would say that to the whole entire company once a, once a week. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. And, and so like, you know, having that base of media, I didn't even understand as an affiliate until Tyson Oldroyd told me like, Hey, we're doing all this so that affiliates can share this media and drive people to their gym. And that was like 2018 before I even had heard that. Right. I was a decade into being an affiliate already. And now it's like, well, duh. And and affiliates are trying way too hard to win Instagram and TikTok right now when the reality is that they should just be sharing the content that HQ made even 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. that's what will get people back doing CrossFit again. The games gets attention, but the media content wins hearts and minds. Why? You, you know, I, I um, we had uh, Rebecca uh, Fuselier on yesterday and mm-hmm. there's, there's all of the, and she's a young lady, she's 20, two or 23 years old. And there's all these athletes out there who will say things that they want to, there's just not athletes. There's people out there who will say what they want to do. I want women's rights. I want, uh, I want this, I want that. And her, her video that she, that she made with her sponsor, this sponsor made a lot of videos like that about people being like, I'm a strong woman. I'm this, I'm this making Mm. all these declarations. Her video didn't do any of that. It showed it. Yeah. So it it, it showed it. 
It showed it, it showed it, it showed it, it screamed it so loud without ever making the declaration. And why, why, why don't, why, what, why, how come CrossFit can't, I mean, obviously, obviously when they bought the company in 2018, there was no, no more media department left, but why can't they figure it out? Why invest any money in DEI if you really want to, um, uh, why not just get rid of all those people and make vi a video every week that shows a black person in a CrossFit gym, if that's what you wanted to do? Yeah. I, though, I, 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 I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I think it's, it is. It seems it seems disingenuous and insincere what all these companies are doing. Yeah. So you're right. Instead of taking a public stance on, you know, insert any issue. What yeah, you yeah. Actually they have made to a video is... celebrating that 14 of their they did content celebrating that 14 of their 17 people in their own games department were women. Why the fuck would you do that? Like, yeah, I, I think like just, you just have to show it. Yeah. Yeah. Just show, yeah. just, just show no one. It, it, it cheapens it. It mm -hmm. cheapens it. What, what my takeaway from that is, is like, Oh wow. Like it's charity work. Like I understand doing that. Like you have someone with down syndrome cleaning your floors at night and you want, and you want to show that I get it. But women, uh, it, um, we've already done that with CrossFit. It just seems like a huge missed opportunity. Do you think CrossFit ever gets back to media or no, that's done. No, I think they slowly are. I think um, do? they're they're doing it now. The challenge is, and this is tough because I own a media company too, is you don't have that inspirational figurehead, right? It seems like there's several different figureheads at CrossFit, right? You now. mean just like sound bites pouring off there's, of Greg Glassman? Yeah, there's no Greg, right? Right. And, and so you, Greg was this unique combination of like passionate founder with Kara's charisma, who's also incredibly smart and could speak in sound bites. Like that's right. So rare. Um, you know, like it's Tupac so rare. And Hemingway wrapped in one a little bit, of, <laughs> a bunch of Einstein in there. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's got quotables and it, it's really, what's crazy interesting is that like his, his quotables constantly very functional performed high intensity. Like those don't just roll off the tongue, you know? but I hear them repeated every single day. And unfortunately there's nothing new coming out at that level. There is new media coming out. There are talented people that have been brought back into the media department, I think. And the challenge that they're having right now is that they're using very CrossFit specific language to explain CrossFit to people who've never heard of it before. Right. So, um, but they'll get there. They're going to evolve. They had to start from scratch. They're just going to keep getting better and better. And I am optimistic about, the media that they're going to produce this is this is kind of going to go against um probably what you think but here's what i think the problem is <laughs> fine i think that the problem is is that they're too concerned with metrics and micromanaging so what we what mm. greg did is basically he hired a shitload of passionate people and they were allowed to basically just make whatever they wanted yeah within within the context of we were we had all drank the kool-aid right yeah. And so and so there was we had we always had 60 pieces of content in the bank. And then Leif Edmondson would sit there and be like, "Okay, we haven't had old people doing anything in a while. We haven't uh, we haven't had a first muscle up in a while, but we had this library and you didn't have to tell Heber and Marsden or Jay Vera or Michael Dalton what to make or Mike Kozlop. Like people were just out or myself. Yeah. You would you would send me to your house to do a squat video and I'd come back with like five kids videos because your kids do CrossFit and they didn't even ask me to make it. Mm -hmm. And that <laughs> shit was just pouring in. You know what I mean? And it was just pouring. And, and there's a uh, 
I think every tech person that they hire into that company from the Valley, they're fucking themselves. It's further and further away from. Yeah. You're getting further and further away from uh, a, a really true, they, they just need they just need young people who would just have drank the Kool-Aid just pouring content into the machine. And but I think they're too worried about metrics. And I know that's weird to share you after I celebrated your metric book, but I, I think that that's <laughs> hey, and I uh, also think that they don't have a singular mission. Like with Greg, there was a vision and you kind of yeah. knew where the North Star is now. It just seems fragmented and it seems like they have an identity crisis. Are they a sport? Are they going to just lean towards that way? Or are they going to go back to the methodology? Uh Hold that thought, Chris. Sorry, hold that thought, Chris. And and I'll remind you, caller, hi. Hey, Savon. I just wanted to call in. Um, My my name is Rory. I'm opening a new affiliate in San Francisco. Yeah, how's the National Guard Guard treating you? (laughs) Have you seen the National Guard there? No, not not in my neighborhood. (laughs) Cooper, did you know they called the National Guard into San Francisco? No, I didn't. Last week, yeah, yeah. It's just got a little homeless problem. It's nothing the National Guard can't fix. Okay, sorry, I derailed the conversation. Go ahead, caller. And when I mean homeless, no, I mean yeah. drug problem. Imagine your city, the, yeah, the, most, yeah, yeah. the biggest think, tourist attraction in the world, San Francisco, having a drug problem so big they had to call in the National Guard. Uh, wow. Unfucking believable. But okay, um, go ahead, caller. Maybe, maybe we can solve it with more cross for the police. Please, yes, thank you. There you go. Um, yeah, I just wanted to call in to kind of thank this podcast and Chris for the content that you've produced. I spoke to Matt Souza like last August, basically told him I was trying to start this journey and he took time out of, out of his day to like sit on the call, a call with me for like an hour and just talk me through what he went through when he was opening an affiliate. And I think he basically is paying it forward from, from this podcast being created from conversation between Chris and Savan. So I just want to let you guys know that the content you're producing, these podcasts, they are impacting people. And I'm in the Thank process you. of now trying to open an affiliate and further impact more people. So I got a question for you. Um, Sam, why, why San Francisco? Uh, for, for so many reasons. Why San Francisco now? Why not waiting? I mean, obviously it's going – I mean, basically the, San Francisco is going to have to reinvent itself, right? I mean, it is in serious trouble. Why not Why not in two years, San Francisco? Why not one of the suburbs now? Well, I, I live in, in the Richmond district, which is out in the kind of, I guess, almost suburb area of San Francisco. So it's not it's not a complete zombie land in my neighborhood as I walk around day to day. But I guess why why wait? Like if 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 businesses like gyms that are trying to impact people in the area, if we don't start these and try to to, to help turn people's lives around, then if we just wait, it's just going to get worse. Hey, um, I, yeah, you're always welcome on this show. By the way, how long before you, you open your gym? I want I'd love to have you on and just talk to you about opening a gym. And, and, and you nailed it. Those are your words, but those are my words too. Zombie land. It really is a zombie land out there. Um, how long before your gym opens? Um, so we're in the process of kind of doing a little bit of a build out. Um, we're hoping by the first week of May that we can start. Uh, doing introductory sessions and, and aim for a, like a grand opening in uh, either Memorial weekend or the first weekend of June. But awesome. I'd love to have you on there and, 
and let me know how I can promote, help promote that in any way. I would, I'll do, I'll do anything. I'm stoked for you, dude. Yeah. I want to come out there and man. see it from the, from our sure, conversation yeah. last to seeing it materialize is, is awesome. I, I, I want to come out there and check it out. So when you get up and you get rolling, let me know. Yeah. Cause like Matt took his time to, to talk to me and then we met again at the affiliate gathering and he was super, super nice. And I, I want to say that that affiliate gathering was really like helped kind of boost my comfort level in being affiliated with CrossFit. Um, also the likes of Chris coming back into the CrossFit fold, Jason Kalipa coming back into the CrossFit fold. It's kind of cemented my decision that it, it, it is still valuable to be an affiliate of CrossFit because I, I use the methodology. I'm a coach under the methodology. My wife is also a coach under the methodology. So we would feel that it was it would be wrong to be doing the methodology and be professionals underneath that certification and not hold the affiliate title. But Fair. it definitely it definitely helps the fact that Chris was was willing to come back on board. Khalifa's coming back on board, and then the affiliate gathering. Seems like HQ are getting things more in line. So, thank you. Absolutely, please stay in touch. Yep. Will do. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, DM us if you don't have a copy of Start a Gym, and we'll ship you one. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've done. I got the Start a Gym book, and I did get the Start a Gym course as well. Cool. Um, okay. Well, just DM him, and he'll send you a video of his cat on the wheel. Then. <laughs> 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 yeah. Whatever it takes. All right. Thank you. And good luck. Cheers. Thanks. Thank Dude. Fuck climbing Everest. This guy's opening a gym in San Francisco. Yeah. That, that was like, that was, Dude, funny that's... Because that was the first thing I said. I was like, oh where God. in the city? And then when he explained the area, I was like, okay. Cause it was kind of like the Richmond district, like daily city over kind of by the college. Like when you and I discuss San Francisco, we think market street, tenderloin, the ghost town of the Dude, even, but even, now. even, even, um, even Pacific Heights is like, Knob like, Hills even bad now. Yeah. yeah people no, are getting, right homes you. are getting looted and robbed there. Chris, this is like our Vancouver, dude. North Point is wow. bad this, now too. Yeah. Yeah. This is like one of the most expensive cities in the world. Like I'm talking a million dollars for 250 square foot, uh, park, like, to park. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Crazy. The city makes like 8% of its revenue from parking tickets. I mean, it's unhospitable, wow. dude. Crazy. And he's opening a, but there's a ton of rich people there. Mm-hmm. There's still money in the city. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I love that he feels compelled to do it. Like I yeah, have me to too. do it. I have to turn the tide and he is right on. That's what the city needs. I think is more entrepreneurship, especially in gyms. Yeah. It ties back to what you were saying about entrepreneurs. They're the only ones yeah. who are going to save the place. Right. I think so. Uh, one of my, uh, my, uh, beloved, uh, um, uh, listeners, regular listeners, uh, thank you. 12 daily doses, uh, now that you're here, I feel much more safe. Uh, Chris, do you think that different categories of membership for, say, students, seniors, family, or people that want to try CrossFit but can't afford it is a good idea? Or will that just dot, dot, dot? It's one of those things where it seems like a noble idea, but in practical application, it just doesn't work. And the problem is that when you start looking for reasons to discount your rate, and so let's let's start here. Every CrossFit gym is underpriced already. They cannot afford to be discounting their rate more than they are, okay? If you were charging $400 a month to attend group classes and you wanted to give 20% off for seniors and students, fantastic. But there's nobody in the position where they should be giving these kind of discounts. 
The second point is fairness. So if I am uh, taking a CrossFit class and I'm getting coaching from you and the person next to me is getting the exact same coaching, but paying 25% less, then we've got a values conflict here. Um, the other, you know, and there's, there's more to this story too. Like, obviously you're not opening your gym to make money. You're make, you're opening your gym to have a heart. But what I've learned over the last 20 years of owning a gym is like, you're actually better off making money from your clients and then giving it away to people who actually need it. And so our, the slogan of the business is good website is make lots of money, give it away. You don't do that by like nickeling and diming and negotiating with every single client and looking at every client and saying like, how can I find a way to give that guy 20 bucks off? You're better off to just provide an amazing service, charge a rate that keeps you around where, you know, 150 clients keeps your gym in business and keeps you paid and fed. And then if you have somebody who really, really needs it, then you, the owner, buy that person's membership for them. And you can't do that if you're giving every single person like 20 bucks off. You know, if you want to sell something different to somebody because they make less money, okay, but don't make it the same thing that you're selling everybody else. Because eventually what happens is like you fall to the lowest rate that you're charging. You know, we when we opened up, we had discounts for fire, police, military. And then a nurse came in and said, well, what about me? I work in the Canadian healthcare system. Like that's practically the military. Can I have a discount? Well, hell yeah. And then the next person after her was a teacher who said like, Hey, I got a, you know, 35 kids in my classroom. Can I have a discount? Hell yeah. You deserve a discount. And pretty soon it's like, what is your actual price here? You know? So here, here, I, I just stay out of that mess. Here, here's the two people that I think you should give a discount to. I'd like Chris and Mr. Sousa's feedback. One, anyone who has concealed carry permit that they could come for, they come for free. <laughs> The second thing is just one of those. Uh, no, yeah. The, the second thing, the second thing is, um, uh, 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 James Newberry, this fucking guy went to a fucking gym and said, I will come and clean your bathrooms every day for a free membership. Why okay. are you giving someone a discount when, when someone else exactly. is willing to come there and work for it and add value to the space? Let me, um, uh, it, and it's not because you're trying to get something from them. They're proving that they're going to they're going to at least break even with you, meaning yeah. they're not going to take from you. Every person you bring into your um, uh, into your car, let me your car door will only open and close so many times. I have a 2016 uh, Toyota Sienna and th that door that um, covers where your gas cap is. The metal on it has has now um, eroded, and and the gas cap door is now falling off. It only had so many open and closes. Your gym only has so many times that people can walk in before the front entryway wears. That bumper plate can only be dropped so many times. It it it, it, co yeah. it costs everyone money without that person contributing, and they're not proving that they want to be there. If they're not saying that they're going to clean your bathroom, uh, fuck them. That's my feeling. Greg used to have this story about visiting Bill and Stacy Russell at CrossFit Cleveland. And he met this woman who was cleaning in exchange for her membership and they were doing it right. It was like, okay, your membership is $130 at the time. You know, this was over a decade ago. And so we will pay you $130 a month to clean this many times. And so Greg met this woman and said like, why are you doing this? And she's like, well, I need to be strong. I need CrossFit. I have a son with a severe disability at home. 
I can't afford the membership. And so I, you know, I have to do this. And so, you know, Greg was like, well, what's the deal with your son? And it turns out that the son was quadriplegic. She couldn't afford a proper bed or a bathtub or a wheelchair for this kid. And so she had to be the one to like lift this kid up in the morning. And of course, you know, she's getting older, the kid's getting older, he's getting bigger, she's getting smaller. And so of course, Greg, you know, he bought the kid a wheelchair and a bed and a, a bathtub and everything. I remember that. I remember that. That shit was yeah. expensive. It, it was 10,000 bucks. And, you know, he came back and he was talking to the CrossFit for Hope team. And he said, like, that was an epiphany for him that we should just find places where $10,000 will make an immediate and profound difference and just give them the money instead of dropping little drops into like, you know, the St. Jude bucket or the other ones that we were doing at the time coins for Kenya. And that was profound to me. And it was like, okay, look, if, if I'm actually profitable in my gym, I can give money to the people who actually need it instead of offering that fireman 20 bucks off because you know, he, that's not why he became a fireman. hundred percent. Um, the, the and so I think that that pretty much sums up the thing. Okay. For for, the, for that that thing, right? For the for the most part, do not give away free memberships. It yeah. doesn't help anyone. It, I used to tell people too the same thing. If I would give someone a free L one, I would say, please don't tell anyone. Yeah. Uh, because I don't want the other thirty nine people there who paid a thousand dollars because it devalues their experience. It devalues it. That's what you yeah. Want yeah. To and yeah. I'm not. I'm not. And it's not fair. It's not. It's not. Tr it's not true. It is worth. It is worth a thousand dollars. Yeah. Um. And when I was saying we're done there, I didn't mean to cut you off, Chris. If you had more, no, it's okay. I was okay. Okay. Um, uh, time and hands on coaching is what truly makes coaches better in my experience. Yeah. Every podcast I do, I get a little better. There's nothing like more, more times under the mic and, and longer term mentorship from the owner or head coach makes sense. Two days at a seminar is not a for real coaching improvement. I, it adds tool to the toolbox. That's for sure. Tools to I, the toolbox. Boy, boy, I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can agree with that. Do you have Do you have thoughts on that? I will say this, Allison. How about this? At bare minimum, going to one of those things uh, could buy you and could get you a year of motivation. Like like it could charge your batteries and get you a year of motivation at bare minimum, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but but I but I think um continued education's uh, crazy important for coaching, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the the problem is that like while Allison might be providing coach mentorship in her gym, most gyms aren't able to do that. The owners doesn't have the bandwidth. And so the best thing that they can do is send their coaches somewhere away that will learn something, but also more importantly, be inspired for the next year. I, I think if you go to a two day coaching class and you pick up five cues that you'd never yeah. learned before, like it's gold, like it's it, like it, it's crazy when you give it someone, when you learn a new cue, I think that was the best thing about me. Just keep going to as many L ones as I got to go to. Cause I was, I would just learn gazillions of cues. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. And so, I like it too, for the warmups, because there's certain things as a coach, you just kind of get in this like monotony of, and you kind of roll down downhill, so to speak. So not even necessarily the cues, but just providing some more energy and more fun warmups and just a different experience in that manner too. Those, those courses really help with that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so, so, so you are a, you are a, um, CrossFit brain is a, is an affiliate. Yep. Um, now it is yep. interesting. I do think that that's huge. Uh, what that caller said that they got you and Jason back. 
I'm get I, I just made this number up one time when I was talking to Sousa, but I bet you if there were 500 new gyms coming in and there were 500 gyms sitting on the fence, they all fell over into the affiliate side. Like, you know, like it would, hmm. in one day, it probably made a difference to a thousand gyms. Cause I do think that, I mean, every year, right. They, every year when they send the check, everyone has to think about that. Right. That's right. Yeah. It's a new purchase every time. It's not, it's not like something on your credit card where it automatically bills. I'm not sure how it's set up now, to okay. be honest. I can't remember. Maybe it does automatically bill you. I think they but... just switched it now. So the affiliate okay. thing, like you have to stop it. Otherwise it'll pull from the same thing. I think so. I thought I saw yeah. a notice with that. Uh, I didn't see Jake's original comment, but this isn't, this is an interesting thing. Uh, the culture around the world, the cultures around the world are so different. Jake just wants CrossFit to be less American because he hates America. I didn't see the original uh, comment, but I think it's super, I think it's crazy important that uh, CrossFit stays as an American brand. Just like I think it's important that um, uh, Ferrari stays an Italian brand. I, 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 I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Do you have any thoughts on that, Chris? And not only is there's nothing wrong with it, I think it adds a tremendous amount of value. Yeah, I have no context. Uh, I know that CrossFit affiliation seems to be growing fastest in Western Europe as a like as a percentage, um, and that's one reason I was asked to go to Stockholm today to to speak to gym owners there, many of which will be CrossFit affiliates. But I don't think that you you have to make CrossFit a European brand to appeal to those people or to save their clients' lives. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, you should join Two Brain. Wow. Uh, Graciano Rubio. Well, that's just. Oh, thank you. Simple. Thanks, like, Graciano. You, thank you, Graciano. You, you know, pay me to to say that. I love that. Thank you. I would also I would also like to thank the people who say I will never get a mentor because mm-hmm. um, I was certainly at that point when I was a less mature entrepreneur. The first few years, I wanted to figure it out myself, and I figured I was smarter than anybody who was going to tell me different. And I think you ha- every entrepreneur has to go through that path, no matter how long it takes. I was luckily to be broke and starving and fighting over the grocery bill uh, early and lucked into a mentor and, oh shit, I actually don't know everything, you know? Um, but the people who right now are saying never, never, I'm never going to do that. Like, thank you for saying that because you just make the choice obvious for everybody. Uh, I, I'm in that, I'm in that phase with the podcast. There's avenues to make money that I always have an excuse not to do it. Sure. I always have an excuse not to do it. It's it's interesting. I'm I'm starting to be like, wow, I sound like a fucking broken record. <laughs> I'm not I'm not being solution oriented. I'm not being. I'm trying to think who was on here who 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 said it so well. <laughs> like, the, stop. It's not that funny. Stop, Susan. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about no it. Comment, no comment. after either. <laughs> yeah, there's a um. Uh, hey, I need to cross the stream to get to the other side. Well, it's a, the, the the water's too high. We can't cross today, and you go back to your house. It's like no. Like, are there other crossing points? Are there other? How do you know it's too high? What's your What's your reason for that? You know, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, CrossFit veneration dropping in quickly. Uh, simply to say that two brain business helped me. You don't have to just hang out, buddy. Don't drop in quickly. Just hang. Uh, dropping in quickly simply to say two brain business helped me five times my gym revenue and live my perfect day well that's that's important that so means it's not only increased his money but he has time for his kids yeah cutest kids in the business uh you know storm Stroud. so this is this is how we work a client comes in they do really really well in two brain we find out what they're doing and we publish their story on the podcast 
And then some of those clients uh, get hired to mentor other clients. And so what that means is like the people who are doing the mentoring for Tube right now are more successful and better mentors than I ever was. There's just like uh, an, an improvement every generation of them. And Storm is a living example of that. Uh, when I met Coop, I lived in the office. Now I get to hop off here to go help others proud. Man, it's so cool. that And, and that is kind of the glue with all these people in this community. They want to help. That's it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Graciano has been on this podcast. Uh, he is not just a strong man. As a matter of fact, I would say that's second to that um, giant uh, brain of his that is a um, that is a, quite the computer processor. He's he is. I could I definitely see understand why he finds two brains so valuable. Oh, cool. Um, let's talk about something extremely superficial. Uh, okay. Should, should let's talk about the open. Okay. How can gyms, should gyms, how can gyms use the open to, if you're a CrossFit gym, should you be using it? Even if you're not a CrossFit gym, should you be using the open? Is it a missed opportunity for gyms who aren't using the open? I think, yeah, I think everybody should do it. Um, we, we ran it, uh, I think the first year it was online. I looked at it and said, boy, this seems like a lot of work for, you know, no like return to my gym. And so we just applied the intramural concept that I learned in high school and we divided everybody into four teams and said, I'm going to give you points for showing up. And you know, the winner gets a t-shirt or something. And um, other people asked what we were doing and we started writing articles about it. And then uh, you know, first CrossFit HQ hated it. And then Rory at HQ loved it. And then CrossFit HQ loved it. And then, you know, it kind of became the standard operating procedure, but like the intramural open is really the, the method to making sure that the open stays super fun, that you get almost all of your clients to do it, that your coaches don't get burned out and that you make a little bit of money on it. I think HQ should make money on it. It's an amazing event. It's a huge investment for them to do it, but I think that the affiliate owner should be making money on it too. And, and, and how's that look like, Hey, join the open and then, and then also pay us $20 extra for the gym. And we'll make sure that at every Friday or every Friday night at this time, you can come and, and do the workout and put yeah. in your numbers and we'll help you put in your numbers. So there's a few options. So the first is like, we're going to make this a really big team experience, right? So it's going to be 50 bucks. It's going to include a t-shirt. Your name's going to go up on the banner, um, wh whatever. We're going to open up these extra times to judge you. So really it's like, they're almost paying for more access. Um, another, another way to do it is like, okay, look, you want to do the open. You've never competed in anything in your life. We're going to run like a six or eight week prep course. That's different from our normal programming where we're going to help you get your first double under, help you get toast to bar finally. So when you come up to this competition, you are going to have this, this collaborative atmosphere full of support and everything in your favor to actually, you know, hit a personal best or achieve a, a personal goal of yours. Is it a missed opportunity if gyms don't take advantage of the open, generally speaking? Uh, I think so. I mean, you know, from my perspective, the gyms that tell us that they, that they've done it in the past um, and just like ran it and everybody paid HQ the 20 bucks, they generally say like, wow, this was exhausting. Or, you know, I did a lot of this extra work and the gym didn't really benefit from it. Um, but the gyms that don't do it at all miss a massive opportunity to improve retention and client goal setting. Like, you know, if for no other reason you do the open because it gets your clients excited about doing CrossFit again, 
Right. You know, the, that week after the open, we've all seen it, right? People are so excited. Your retention's at like 100%. People are like, next year muscle ups, or how do I do an overhead squat better? You know, like it's And they're just, glad it's over up. too, in the same way. They've been, yeah. they feel like oh, they've yeah. accomplished something. Yeah. That's how I always felt after the open. They have yeah. accomplished something. It really builds bonds. And, you know, if you're thinking, thinking it through and thinking a step ahead, like you can actually recruit new clients from it too, because, you know, the, the best, if Savon's doing the open at, my, at Catalyst and like, I want the next best client in the world who would be three times as good a client as Savon, like I want Haley, right? Well, how am I going to get Haley in my gym? Hey, Haley, uh, Savon's doing this, this workout this week. He's really bad at double unders. He could really use your support. Can you oh, show wow. up? Oh, right. Yeah, that's cool shit. Craig I, Howard I cut to that. the bone on that. Sorry, but. Craig Howard does that too, really. Like if you guys want, he, I think he even talked about his specific ones and setups and the logistics of it in the podcast that he has about the yeah. mural uh, open. And I mean, they have, if you go check out their Instagram, they have, you know, a couple hundred people that, that are joining it. So he does a really good job with it too. So it's an insane, it could be an insane recruiting tool. Oh, it I mean, could be. Yeah. 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 Like Craig gets it. Yeah. Right? And I, I think a lot of people, maybe they just, they're too busy to think of that, but Craig really gets it. And it's sincere. It's sincere as opposed to an insincere recruiting tool. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Well, insincere would be like, hey, I'm going to give you a discount. Um, I don't know. But I'll give you an insincere like, one. Okay, okay. This is really popular with a lot of gyms like 2018. And so an insincere recruiting approach is you pay us $600. And if you don't lose 10 pounds in the next 30 days, we'll give you the $600 back. Asterisk you must also complete all these other things. And so at the end of the 30 days, all these people are asking for a refund and it's like, well, no, I got you on this technicality. I'm not giving you your money back. Oh no, you know, you didn't uh, double knot your, your sneakers when you showed up on Tuesday. Sorry, no refund. That's a bait and switch. And it was really popular in CrossFit gyms about four years ago. God, that sounds nauseating. Yep. As opposed exactly. to, hey, getting the dude's wife to come in who doesn't do CrossFit and cheer him on through the open. It's going exactly. to mean something to everybody. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, Jake, which affiliates does Castro travel to? I'm not sure what the context of that is, but dude, that guy, every city he goes to, yeah. he goes into a gym. And at one point, um, when I was living in San Diego, Dave went to a new gym every single day in San Diego for a hundred days straight. It was, and he worked out wow. there. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> it, was, it was that guy. If that guy travels anywhere, um, he goes to, uh, across the gym it's pretty it's pretty i don't think there's anyone hey as you say has he traveled to the most of them and done the most jobs like him or maybe bosman doing the l1s or something right? oh and, and now there's people now who have doubled what bosman has i think and like there's a guy eric o'connor who's like wow. done so many l1s it's nuts wow uh is okay how about this is your advice for crossfit gyms different than non-crossfit gyms in terms of so, your mentoring, the mentoring program. I mean, our advice for every single gym is different, but okay. we follow a general path. And like one misconception is that like two brain is not for CrossFit gyms, but the reality is that all the systems that we built were built in CrossFit gyms, right? Like um, I was a CrossFit affiliate for 13 years or whatever before ID affiliated. And now I'm back again. And, and there are something like 30 mentors on the two brain team who are affiliates. So if you're looking like strategy, should you have an onboarding process? Yes, that is true for CrossFit gyms. And it's true for, you know, strength and conditioning collegiate gyms. 
Should you um, have one-on-one available for people who want it? Yes. Whether you're a CrossFit gym, I mean, that's how Greg started. He didn't just open up the doors and start running group classes. Um, that's also true for other facilities. Should you have nutrition coaching? Nah, maybe, you know, so there, there is a lot of alignment there where things get, where things differ is when a target audience is dramatically different. So for example, if we have somebody in our program who's running like a ninja gym, then 90% of their clients are going to be kids. And that's what we're going to structure differently. Mm. But for any micro gym, I mean, the model really came from the CrossFit gyms that we were running and now we're applying them to other other gyms too. And what's cool is like um, a lot of these franchises who are very rigid in their delivery are now coming to us and saying like, how do we fix this in our franchise? You know, and it's, it's because we were allowed to be flexible with the CrossFit model um, that we discovered these things, track data and and show proof. Uh, Jake Chapman, uh, we have five boxes on the Isle of Man. He should come here. Yes, he should. Man, the Isle of Man is calling me. You know, do you know about that motorcycle race that they do there, Chris? I, yeah, I've, I've seen uh, some footage or something, or maybe you shared something. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. I, I, for some, and, and they have a, um, I noticed through YouTube there, if you're basically, if the viewers, the most viewers in different regions have different value if they watch your video. And I think the viewers from Isle of Man are the most valuable viewers anywhere on the planet. Isn't that a trip? Just a little, little <laughs> side note there. <laughs> Uh, there's a ahead. big motorcycle race going on in, in Corona right now, isn't there? There's a, a former CrossFit affiliate named Scott Thornton racing in it. And this guy was in the NHL for many years and voted most fit. And then he, um, retired from hockey, opened up CrossFit industry and then, um, eventually sold that. And now he's like racing motorcycles and it sounds like similar stage races. Uh, Jake Chapman, I don't think this is um, uh, I don't think this is good thinking here. If CrossFit was truly global, they would have global business wanting to sponsor them. I don't think it works like that, um, buddy. Uh, let me give you an example. If you look up mo- uh, uh, most um, the largest gym chains in the world, you probably won't see CrossFit on there, even though they have ten times the amount of gyms globally on way more continents than uh than any other gym out there you have to there's there's more crossfit gyms and there's crossfit gyms in more countries than there are mcdonald's and starbucks or subway or apple or any of those things by far and it's it's it you should be careful i i I like you this isn't to dig at all but you should be careful which metrics you use in order to uh qualify not quantify qualify something um uh, the, the, think, the happiest people I know is the poorest person I've ever met. And, I think Jake, and, 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 yet, and yet being rich is really a lot, a shitload of fun. So you just got to be careful. <laughs> so sorry, go go ahead, Chris. No, no, I I think Jake, like that will probably happen. Like you'll probably see, um, for example, more European partners in the APN or or paying sponsorships now. It's just in the past for a sponsor to get involved with CrossFit, they basically had to come to CrossFit. Like CrossFit wasn't soliciting these sponsors, maybe other, like even Reebok, they came to CrossFit. Um, I, I know speaking from our personal experience, like we don't go out and look for billing and, and booking software to partner with in Europe. They generally come to us. And uh, as we're, you know, expanding dramatically in Europe, we're getting more and more of those opportunities. And I think that's probably what's going to happen with CrossFit too. I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about opening a gym and I haven't opened a gym yet. Is that too early to come to two brain? 
for a mentorship? Yeah, we generally say like you should be about eight weeks out. If if you're not like all in committed, like okay, I'm doing this, then yeah, it's too early. You know, I'll send you a copy of Start a Gym so that you know what factors you should be weighing. But yeah, absolutely. Um, so so if I have a space and I have my affiliate name and the door's going to open in six weeks, it's not I could sign up and and you think you yeah, in two brain would save me a lot of headache. Yeah. I mean, you could do it before you have a lease. I mean, we can help you with the lease negotiation a ton. Um, and then we can also help you make sure that you've got like clients on day one. I think our record now is 104 clients on day one paying you like you're opening profitable. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. That wasn't me. <laughs> I had two <laughs> clients. Yeah. Their names were Jim and Brandon. I was undercharging them and I ran the gym for the whole day with just them in and I started to stress that day. But yeah. <laughs> uh, Stefan, you said there was an affiliate on all seven continents the other day. Where is the one on Antarctica? I w- it's funny. I was just researching the one on Antarctica. I, th- I want to say maybe it closed in 2015 or something. Uh, and I, I was just researching it. I have it for, to do a piece on it on one of my live um, call-in shows. I don't know if it's still there or not, but I remember at one point that there was one there, and you can you can Google Antarctica CrossFit, and you can see. And I started um, – maybe, maybe it was one of those members. I can't remember. There was something about one of the members there that uh, really caught my eye. I think they own a CrossFit gym somewhere else now. Hmm. But but you can Google it. I'll, I'll um, Jeff. I'll circle back. I got a bunch of notes on it for a live call-in show. It's just my. There's so many crazy things I want to talk about. I, I think it got buried. But yeah, all seven continents. Crazy, right? And of course, of course. I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, deep freeze CrossFit is what it was yeah. called. Yep, yeah, at a uh, station in Antarctica. Yep, their Facebook okay. is still up. So if you guys Google that, you'll you'll see it right away. Okay, so if you're in Antarctica, go ahead and give it a get your. Yeah, it's like, like 2014 or so was the last thing on them. Do they accept drop-ins? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, is 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 Winnipeg? Co- I think Winnipeg's colder than Dan- Antarctica. I don't know if it's colder, but it's definitely worse. Worse. Oh, that's fair. I'll go with just that. in general. Yeah. No, I don't know. Ask Mike Workington. He lived there for years and years, and now he lives in Northern Ontario. Oh, Winnipeg he doesn't live there anymore. No, they moved to um, like a in between uh winnipeg and me there's like uh, some really really remote little towns he lives in a cabin now is there internet there yep good internet Uh, yeah we all have amazing internet thanks to elon musk so oh is that is everyone using starlink there i am and he is so this is starlink i'm on with you right now yeah yep holy shit wow i was thinking about going to armenia for a few months and I was like, oh, I can't because it's just I can't trust the internet out there. And but then I guess I could just get Starlink. Yeah, Starlink. I mean, great. It, yeah. And when I say Armenia, I mean out in the country in Armenia. Wow. I didn't think Starlink was fast enough to do uh, to run a YouTube show. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, D- Deep Freeze CrossFit was opened by Daniel Jose. Daniel Danielle. Daniel Jose. Two first names, a mm. United States Air Force veteran of 10 years who is now a flight line mechanic working for a private private contractor at McMurdo Station. Very cool. There you go. Uh, another uh, very practical uh, question. Should coaches be allowed to date members? <laughs> so, okay. So, Heidi, 
early on, I thought it would be a really smart idea to make a rule that you cannot date a member. And then one of my coaches, Mike, uh, who's been with me since, you know, 2005 was like, I work here at 6am and I work here at 9pm. When else am I going to meet anybody? And I said, uh, okay, Mike, but if you start dating a member, like either you fire her as a member or you marry her. And so he married her. Hey, just, well, does that answer the question though? Should coaches be allowed to date members? Sorry, what, Heidi, what? That, that's a pretty subjective question. In my perspective, I don't think you should coach your girlfriend. So if it's like, um, you know, she's in your class, she should go to a different class. If she's your personal training client, she should work with a different trainer. Maybe, you know, I just think there, there's inevitably going to be some, some friction or um, conflict there. It's a trip too, because if you, if you make a hard rule that you can't, all you're going to do is get people who lie to you. Oh yeah. 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 Right. I mean, people, you can't stop people from intimacy. It's like put a steel wall between a man and a woman. They're going to find a way to get through it or around it. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's like, it's one of those things where, you know, I don't make rules that I can't enforce anymore. And like, you can't enforce that. Unfortunately, most of the time it's going to end badly and the member is going to leave, but that's part of it. Uh, I married my CrossFit coach. Good for you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I think too, the big difference is like when people see dating and like the harms that come from it, you're talking about like, uh, you know, the young 20 something year old coach yeah. with the rip six pack that goes out drinking with all the members at the end and is like kind of has his new prospect each month like that. Involve, that should involve a conversation with that individual coach. But if you have somebody who's attracted to each other and is developing a relationship, you should probably just let that let that continue on. I'm marrying my coach in a week and a half, Chase Bryan. Uh, Tyler Watkins, Congrats. I got my wife when I worked at a gym. It's going to happen. It's just, awesome, just guys. Good for you. I mean, what better place to meet them, right? Like- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know what is interesting, though, is that we do have someone in the comments. I haven't seen him today um, uh, in a gym. Uh, he goes to a gym in Spain, and he said he he's had like 11 one-night stands with his, at his gym with 11 <laughs> different women. And that just seems like that could just really complicate shit. Yeah. yeah. Just have a client just come in and just start tearing through the uh, – whether it's a man or a woman, just start tearing through the clientele, boning all the clientele. <laughs> I mean, it's just – could add some tension. Yeah, luckily we haven't had to deal with that. What if they're all in the same class too? Like you show up, uh, we, we have a problem at our gym. Uh, you have a, a guy, you know, some of the mentors have heard that though. Oh, we have a, we have oh, a client yeah. at our gym and it's a problem. Oh, what's the problem? He's just tearing through all the married women. It's like, oh shit. Uh, I um I I appreciate you coming on. I think we can Thanks, um I think we can train the crew uh if if maybe um. I know this is a lot of your time, but maybe have you, we can do some regular shows with you. Uh, we're very open to it. Uh, no, no, that's not the right word. We would be, um, it would be our honor to have you on like 30 minutes oh, thanks, once a guys. month. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then just let great. people call in. If no one calls in, we'll talk about cat wheels, but um, <laughs> what time zone are you in? What time is it where you're at? Eastern. It's 10 to 12. Oh, uh, okay. So you're three hours ahead. I think yep. it might be better also maybe to do a nighttime show. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Try it out a nighttime show and, and, and see if, uh, I mean, I, we did get a good group of callers, but if we do a nighttime show, maybe more people will also call in cause they won't be in the middle of, uh, of their work day. Yeah. Great guys. Happy to serve. Thank you. 
Awesome. Yeah. Uh, good luck with the summit. I really, really, really do appreciate the invite. I, I really do uh, want to go. It's my own personal uh, pathology that's keeping me from uh, <laughs> leaving my anywhere that I can't drive. <laughs> totally understand. I mean, yeah, I get that today for sure. But uh, it's always just the journey, right? Like once you're there, it's amazing. And so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take an overnight flight to Stockholm tonight. And when I get there tomorrow, I will be extremely excited to see all the CrossFit affiliates, our team members, and uh, other gym owners too. Is it too late for people to attend that? I think they can possibly still get tickets at CoachesCongress.com. Um, yeah. I think so. Ben Bergeron is also speaking at this one. Um, and there, there are some, uh, there are a lot of speakers for sure. Like there are several really big, uh, and important mentors on our team going to speak. Awesome. All right, dude. Yeah. I look guys. forward to speaking with Take you care. again soon. Um, we'll be sending out a, a text and reschedule something in like a month. Wonderful. Thank you. Take care. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Chris. See ya. We, yeah, we could do that quite a bit. We didn't even get to some of the questions on Instagram or anything too. So there's lots of room there. Tons of questions. Yeah, tons of stuff. And you could go so many different angles with it, right? There's so much meat on the bone for this topic. Uh, flying messes with Sevi's arthritis. <laughs> Not true, but I appreciate it. I, I have enough excuses. I don't need yours. Thank you. Uh, Alaska, last frontier homestead. A friend of mine uh, and coach slept with several of the female athletes in the gym we attended. And two men. Oh, that's fine. That's cool. DEI, DEI. Their house is on still. Um, you can't smoke it uh, on the plane. I, mean, I, I don't smoke, but I. I yeah, I don't know where did that come from. Uh, does the uh, uh, what? What if? What if your CF coach? Uh, what if you? What if your CF coach started coaching you at a young age, and you are now married once they are legal age? Okay, guys. <laughs> I knew where that's what was going. I can already see it in the comments. It's like <laughs> I said what I said. I got. To I'm getting torn up over on YouTube. Like, like, like I did something. Dude, Will had a great question that we gotta. Like I uh, did something. We gotta open up. <laughs> Hi, Cat. Hey. What's up, girl? Long time no see. Sevy, the marriage counseling show is back on today. Topic: sex. Oh, good. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Uh, Suze's underwear are too tight, and he's very uncomfortable. Andrew, how would you know? How the fuck do you know about Suze's underwear? Uh, remember that uh, bloke affiliate owner who was taking pictures of mem members' arses and posting them? No. Send me a link for investigative purchase pur purposes. Okay, what were you going to say? I was going to say uh, Will had a good question about like the 30 million new CrossFitters that Don has his sights set on, and that would have been a great question for Chris to kind of dissect. Like, does is that just a slogan? How is he going to get there? Is there data back that you could do that? You know, just those type of questions of breaking that down and unpacking it for us. Third, yeah, that is. I mean, and it was a good point, right? Um, who was it? Was it was it Hari, the affiliate owner that we had on, and he was let's say ass hat. Oh, that's uh, Hiller got me that. It just sits on my <laughs> just hanging. <That's> awesome. there. <laughs> um. <laughs> Carlos, Please. hi. Thank you, buddy. I really appreciate it. Thank you uh, very much. Thank you, and thank you for your contribution to the show uh, uh, on all aspects, not just the money, but your comments also. Thank you. But, yeah, he had said, like, hey, that's a really great Hari from uh, New York CrossFit or CrossFit New York. 
And he was like, yeah, that's a great slogan. But the question is, is like, how are you making that happen? Like, what are the steps that are going to take to bring in 30 new million CrossFitters? I'm going to help all women get liberated and be strong. I'm going to get 30 million women to, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Show me, do it. 30 million. Like what, how, where? Insurance worldwide, worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. Just like business. (laughs) Hey, it's, it's, it's the people who are going to have the biggest podcast show in the world and they bought all the equipment, but they're just not doing podcasts. Yep. It's just, uh, you got the room, you got all the fancy stuff and you talk about it a lot, but you just don't sit in the seat and make it happen. Right. Yep. Yeah. Hey, someone sent me a, um, a DM, no, a text. And they're like, Hey, why, um, cause you know, Garrett Glinton is, uh, thinking about doing a podcast and they're like, why don't you bring someone like that in on your channel and let them make a p- podcast on your platform and let them do one, one a week there. Like just basically. Yeah. I think after their first hundred episodes, we'd consider that. Right. Okay. I see what you're saying. You know she what proves, I mean? She like, proves herself, does a hundred episodes. We support it. We watch them. And then we're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Or like 50, you know, she gets through that first like, like year, right. six months. If you do it twice a week or once a week, yeah. because the thing is, is like, um, and if I Jeff love the thought of that though, comments. by the way, I, don't yeah, I you think love it's the thought great. Of, especially someone like her with such like a unique perspective I, that would be valued by a ton of people. Yeah. And I mean, we've always talked about this being more of a network than a singular focus, right? Like there's lots of different avenues and people who could host the shows and could have its own uh, flavor and spinoff. But I, I just think that the the first thing is just consistency because it's people think this is a lot of like, oh, this is fun. I'm going to have this and all this is going to happen. And they don't realize the work and discipline that it actually takes to, to get something like this going. I remember the CrossFit game is behind the scenes guy who tastefully would let the camera drift up and down as female athletes would walk by the good old days. Listen, I don't like the way you worded that at all. Can I tell you something? I'm going to tell you something. 100%. I I probably shouldn't do this on Chris's podcast because it's just. But thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate how you said tastefully. But I appreciate it. I mean, thank you for the money, Michael. See. I'm it's I'm so mis uh I'm so misunderstood. It's, it, it, I don't I don't even think like that at all. No, I'm not gonna do it. Not now. We'll start with another one, dude. I'm so excited about our podcast Thursday, Hiller. Oh, shut it, David. It's not. No, it's not like that. I don't even think like that. I'm 51 years old. I've never looked at a girl on the street and been like started like doing her in, in between my ears and never not once. I just don't do that. I've never thought, oh, I'm going to I'm going to um, um, film this girl's like ass because it's her ass. Like I, I don't think of filming the ass any different than like the face or the back or the knees or the I never it would be like 90. Yeah, I'm triggered. Yeah, no, too late. I am triggered. I'm triggered. It was all about camera movement to me or 99% of the time it was about camera movement to me. And if I, and if I did a slow-mo that showed an ass jiggling, it had nothing to do with it was the ass. It was just like, I'd be like, Holy shit. Look at that mound of flesh, like moving. If I saw calves jiggle like that, it was the same way. And then, so people would be like, Oh, it's perverted or it's the ass. You bring that to that. And I'm glad you bring that to that. Enjoy that. But I'm not doing that. I'm not even thinking like that in the, in the slightest. Yesterday, I was filming Avi's calves as he was walking. I couldn't believe his calf development and how it went down into his Achilles uh, uh, tendon. His Achilles tendon is massive for an eight-year-old boy. It's like a grown-ass man from all the jumping. It's like a fucking – it's thicker than mine, and he's just a little boy. And I was filming it, 
And now I'm thinking like, oh, if that was a girl, someone be like, you're perving out on her. No, I'm fucking looking at the Achilles tendon. And just It's just like, but I'm glad you guys like it. You can enjoy like the, the ass bouncing around for you if that's what like you want to run over and put your face in it. You know, bowl of cereal out of it. Do what like I'm. Yeah, arm, yeah. I like looking at armpits. I love Kate Gordon's big ass fucking crazy armpits. Yeah, you're more of a hamstring guy, anyways. They don't know shit. I do like a hamstring. Hey, going back to what Susan was saying about the difficulty of um, uh, running a show, you know, you have these two powerhouses, uh, Catch and David's daughter, and um, the daughter podcast. Let's look, the Catch yeah. and David's daughter and uh, Annie Thor's daughter. A fucking beautiful camera setup. Two fucking amazingly uh, uh, beautiful women. A super accomplished. Ex- fucking crazy articulate. Um, shitload of followers. But but let, I I'm just gonna look in real time what they're. Uh, I haven't looked, but they started a podcast. And um, uh, let me see. Um, I'm trying to see when the last time they did one. Episode five, right here, eighteen thousand views two months ago. And that's our last one. That's the most recent one. Yeah, that's the most recent one. Um, oh no! Uh, well, they did something at Wadapalooza. This isn't really on them. Oh yeah, this, that was this the one, two, one two months yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that shit's hard, man. It is. I was trying to see because there was something like a certain percentages because like podcasts start all the time, but there was like this massive. Uh, filter system to get past the first 25 episodes so it was like if 100 podcasts start you know only five of them make it past 25 consistent episodes or something like that michael c uh you get another five dollars for the trauma i caused you I lo- i'm so sorry sevy i love you don't be a pussy okay thank you <laughs> i can't help it i am i am what i am i am what i am <laughs> and i think we're even seeing that not making it past the first 25 episodes with the with the daughters and those people and they have massive like um feedback for their podcast like they started and it was like fifty thousand views right so like are you willing to to maybe even more yeah maybe maybe even more yeah so are you willing to do those first 25 episodes and know that nobody's gonna watch it i mean i did it for i did it for three years once a week from 2017 i started the uh on uh on uh, new year's eve and the most watched one of all time was when i did yours three years after that well, thank you. Yeah, it got Same all two hundred views. It was crazy. Same with coffee pods and wads. I, I'm I'm a needle mover. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, uh, Jeff, can you Jeff, can you text to Jeff? Do you have my phone number? How do you not have my phone number? Can you DM me that, and then I'll DM you my phone number, and then um, so you can text me stuff like that, like workouts. I, I am a, a, a man of your senior position. I think I I belong. Uh, I would I would appreciate to know uh, any workouts uh, you have for me. Um, oh, here it is. Barry put it in there. Uh, 100 cal row, 50 dumbbell snatches, uh, 14 minutes. 100 cal row. Oh, what's this? What's what? That workout that you're eating. Oh, uh, Jeffrey Birchfield was saying he sent me a workout, and I think Barry is saying, like, since I oh, didn't see it, I think it Barry's like just doing me a service and like bringing it back up. Um, here's the thing with Katrin and Annie you have to. And this was the cool thing about hanging out with Greg. You have to give people – if you're going to do a podcast and do it regularly, you have to give the machine input, right? 
So someone has to ask Annie and Katrin, hey, um, there was no rape in uh, in Iceland. There was less than three rapes in Iceland a year. And all of a sudden you, your immigration policy changed and now you let in. I forget what I think it's people from Portugal, gypsies from Portugal or somewhere. This is like 15 years ago. And all of a sudden rapes uh, quadrupled. What are your thoughts on that? And it's like uh, it's fucking hard to talk about. Mm hmm. But 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 you you the whole thing of the podcast is for some reason you like the person you're watching. Right. And you want you want to give them input and then see, and see what comes out the other side. Mm -hmm. What does Sevon think? Sevon, what does Sevon think about tattoos? What does Sevon think about anal? What does Sevon think about opening a CrossFit gym in San Francisco? There's some there. You, there's some enjoyment of watching my process or work. And so how much risks am I willing to make to let you or myself put stuff in and then be intimate enough and vulnerable enough to then spit it out? And, um, and, and how much perspective can, can I bring to it based on my life experiences? That's another thing, problem with you know, talking to young people. You, you hold up a Rubik's Cube and they may only look at it from one side, right? Mm -hmm. Everything that they've seen on YouTube about the Rubik's Cube. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the time when I was Indian, I saw an elephant uh, uh, take a shit and a Rubik's Cube fell out of his ass. And it's like, it's because I was in India and I, and I was around elephants. There's more than one side to that Rubik's Cube. Yeah. So um, around. what does someone think about cable ties? Love them. Love them. Oh, my gosh. I, is there crap about that cord back behind you? <laughs> oh, is that, that, what that, that is? Asshole. Hey, listen. I don't I, Listen, listen. Is that what he's? Oh, my yeah. goodness. Hey, what are you doing on Saturday? Can I come over? Yeah, I this got a Saturday? bunch of stuff I need to bring you. Yeah, what is this Saturday? Let me see. And then I'm gonna fix that cord for everybody. <laughs> Here's the thing: I want to buy more. This is like audio foam. I want to buy more audio foam and just put a piece underneath this, and then you won't even see it. Ah, uh, there you go. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, it would just blend. Saturday is the 29th. Mm -hmm. I would love to see you Saturday. Okay, cool. I'm gonna try to make that happen. But bring your bathing suit. We'll go to the beach. Yep. Oh, that sounds awesome. Uh, real quick, too. Oh my gosh, if I say this, you're you're probably gonna give me so much shit for this. So, um, with my schedule getting super busy, I love being able to talk to and field all this stuff. And yes, uh, sway fit. No, he has no Vanessa. time for you. No, Vanessa, <laughs> Vanessa, I would love to. There's a little uh, link in my uh, Instagram. It's actually to a calendar, and it's linked to my Google Calendar, so it has a couple open slots in there. So uh, if you click that. I know. I knew you're gonna do this, and I don't even. I felt like such a douche putting it in there, but I didn't have a choice. No, and if I do, do this, not. He doesn't have time for any of you. Oh and i was like i put it in the link of my uh thing and i was like i was like damn it i'm gonna put this up and then they'd be like oh you're a big influence now you gotta gotta mark a calendar oh spot. i don't give a fuck <laughs> about that i don't i know you're not doing it for that i know you're doing it to be nice i'm i'm uh i uh what the fuck where's Souza? how come you don't come up in my uh shit do yeah, i not I follow you the Souza dinesh no just you, oh, oh, you probably have to type my whole name H. Wait, don't G I just put an M? What's what's your Instagram account? Isn't it M Souza? No, it's Matthew? my whole it's my whole name. Yeah, M A T T H T T H E W. And the Souza is actually the O is a zero. That's probably why it didn't pop up. Because see all the see that guy took it from me. A bunch of people took it. There it is. There it is. So where do I go? Schedule right appointment. Oh my god, this is crazy. So if you click it, it'll take you, and then you could select a time. I mean, it's synced up with my calendar. Also, These are open days? Uh, yeah, How come I can't choose Saturday? 
because I'm on the live call with you and I'm going to your house. Oh, wow. I, I try to update it. Do not use this. Because like if you look, there's a couple of other, other things that are still there that aren't actually open slots. Somebody asked me for my TikTok handle the other oh, day. Oh, shit. Too. <laughs> there, there goes my phone number. Oh, oh, shit. You can't see it. You can't oh, see my it. Oh, God. Yep, yep, I just yep. went over. <laughs> oh, my God. I just went over and scheduled the time, and I saw my phone number pop on the screen. I was like, oh, I fucked myself. <laughs> do you guys know um, – Do, you, do you, if I, have I ever told the story about what happened between me and Rory, about his I, how I gave out his phone number online? What are you doing now? Are you going to give out your number? Oh. You don't need to book a time. You just power call me. You know how to do it. Yeah, that's true. Stop helping people besides me. <laughs> All right. No. I'm <laughs> okay, confirm. Now okay. I'm just going to get flooded yeah. with a bunch of fake ones of these. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, one time on the CrossFit podcast... Uh, I, I I had I had Rory McC Rory on uh, McKernan on the guy over there. I think he's the, like the, the manager of the. Um, <laughs> Your thing just came through. Mayhem Empire, awesome. <laughs> Rory is seventy five hard man. His body's crazy. And uh, and so he was on the po podcast, and we were FaceTiming each other. Even though he was on the podcast, we were playing around with FaceTime, and I showed my phone, and you could see his phone number. And then and then the show went live. And he said, hey, why didn't you cut my phone number out? Because we didn't do that show live. And I said, oh, sorry, it was an accident. And he goes, it wasn't an accident. And I go, yeah, of course it was an accident. And I got all really defensive and puffy chested, which like for me to Rory is like this. <laughs> and uh, and he's like, hey, would that have happened if it was Greg or Dave's phone number? And that was fucked after that. I was like, nope, you win. Checkmate. And uh that was the end of me. And I think since then we, we, we had some sort, and I admitted it. I was like, nope, it wouldn't have. All right. I lose that argument. And, uh, and that, I don't, I think since then we've had, that was like, basically. Yeah. Even though I've defended, I defended him many times. He had some pretty fucked up shit happen to him at CrossFit. And did a I, lot of and people I, call and did he have and to I defended like him. No, 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 no. A lot of people didn't call. Like, oh, like, okay. like less than a handful, but, but he still, he still wanted his privacy and he, for what, yeah, what I get that. me, but you know, also he is the kind of person where um, he deals in the metric of respect and he probably, he, and for him, it may, he may have felt disrespected. You know what I mean? It may yeah. have not even had anything to do with the phone number. Because especially too, when you were like, without well, happened to Dave and Greg and you were like, nope. And then he was like, okay, so you view me as beneath them almost. You yeah. Know? Maybe something like that. Yeah, exactly. In the hierarchy of respect. <laughs> He wasn't like, I knew a dude that got fresh out of prison and almost started a fight with a convenience store worker because he wouldn't look him in the eye. Wow. Yeah, and he was like, give me a man. You're going to look me in the eye. Why don't you look me in the eye? And like, got all like hot and heavy because he was, he was being disrespectful. I don't wow, think, that's hard. I don't think Roy's done time, though. That's hardcore. Yeah. This is, this is exciting. About damn time. <laughs> Yeah, are you gonna talk about this at all, or? No, not really. Okay. Um. Uh. I mean, I know. I I think I know what's going on. I just met here. Yeah. Uh. Th this um. I, I, I this this rig is pretty crazy. So this is just a um. 
this is just a piece of metal down here and then this is a handle and i and i have tons of stuff like this i could susan as soon as my witness you cannot imagine how much camera just stuff i have mm-hmm. I, I, i'm like a store yeah radio shack i literally said that last yeah time. yeah, like, yeah, yeah you have a radio shack inside there anyway and i have so many of these dgi cameras and dgi2 cameras and shit like that just from previous life so recently i saw that you could hook up a microphone to their newest iteration of this camera and this camera has a gimbal on it this is a camera and gimbal in one and actually i can't believe i'm saying this but this camera it would be nice if this camera was just even a little bit bigger so the screen would be bigger like twice this size but Mm -hmm. basically i've hooked up this professional microphone and I have a wireless microphone for two different channel recording. I have this camera that shoots in 4K on a gimbal, and then I have this other camera that shoots on a gimbal, and then I have other ones. And so I've started making, and I just thought this is like camera porn for people who um, mm-hmm. are into cameras and video equipment. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Some of my favorite photos was when you would be at the hotel at the games, and you'd have that whole all your stuff laid out. And just post and, pictures of and it. A poacher of it, yeah. Because then I would like zoom in and look at him, and be like, okay, what is he using? Okay, should I get that? Oh, that shit's way too expensive for me to buy. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'll stick yeah. with my phone. <laughs> and uh, and look at Avi's film. You can see Avi has the Avi's really got into filming. So this camera I carry around so he can use it now. Oh, that's when, cool. But basically, I'm I'm um, and he's always like, is that going to be in your new movie? Is that uh, stuff I shot going to be in your new movie? He's always that, but um, that's cool. Yeah, I'm 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 documenting some stuff. I'm going to yeah, I'm 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 pretty pumped up. Uh, Halpin, those those little Osmos are great. Is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. I think I thought so. the Osmo was the one that your phone went on. No, I think he's right. I think it's just that little that little DJI camera. I think it's called the Osmo. DJI technology. Um, oh, let's see. DGI. Oh yeah. So just to clarify, um, and I don't know if, um, uh, Halpin was talking about what I was showing, but this is the Osmo, which is slightly different and much less expensive. Um, this thing basically holds your phone. This thing is awesome. I have one of these too. I don't use it because I have a case on my phone and I have the big phone. If I had a little phone with no case, um, I, I would, I would use this thing all the time. It's just a pain in the ass with the, um, what the case, with the case, but man, for 159 bucks, this thing is crazy. Yeah. This thing is, I mean, if you want smooth shooting, the thing that I have is not the, um, Osmo. I have, uh, this is the stuff I've been using. These, these are DJI pockets. Oh, okay. And then, and then I got this one with, um, this creator combo. You need this thing. If you're going to do any real shooting, you need that thing uh, right there. If you're going to do any professional shooting, with that, what that allows you to do is start hooking up professional mics. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, fuck. So, like, you, you could you have that on the camera, then you clip a mic onto somebody else or something like that? Yeah, I, I put a shot. Look at, like, like in that picture I had, I can cook a, click a hook um, to my I, – I made it so I can hook two mics up to it. So, that, so he, well, now that you're interested, I'll share with you. This is really cool, I think, what I've done. I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself. Um, let me see if I can find uh, back to that Sevon Rinsta. So, basically, this, this camera here, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry. This camera here that you see right here that yeah. I'm circling with the X. If you um, right there on this left hand side, there's a plug that comes out, mm-hmm. and I hook it to this is the to like the receiver for the mics or something to the receiver and that receiver has two wireless mics hooked up to it. Ah, okay. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. And one of them I plug into the shotgun mic. Oh, so there it is. That thing is plugged into the camera. Mm-hmm. And then this thing has two wireless mics hooked up to it. Mm-hmm. And one of them, one of the wireless mics I have mounted here and I plug in the shotgun mic and the other one I just have sitting here on this bench and I could clip it on anyone, mm-hmm. clip it on myself, clip it on my subject. I could attach it to another shotgun mic, then put it on a boom pole. Nice. Yeah, it's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Crazy how small it all is now, too, right? Yeah. Like, all that just fits in your pocket. (laughs) It's incredible. Yeah. I just, it's, it's, I'm just, I'm just documenting some stuff. I'm just documenting some things. But I think, but I think it'll be, uh, I think I'll be able to turn to something feature length. Thanks. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited about the the way I have it set up. I'm 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 very excited. Where do you clip it if they're naked? You then you need a um. They wear a, a necklace. <laughs> a boom. Well, you could do that. Yeah. Or a boom operator. The necklace is uh is not a um, uncommon uh, method. No, no porn. Uh, no porn. All right. Um, tomorrow. Wow, we like we made it through the week. Yep, kinda. It's Wednesday. We got some. Tomorrow we'll be able to talk about uh, anything and everything. It's gonna get crazy tomorrow, right? Tomorrow's Thursday. Tomorrow's Thursday. And, and we, we have, have two shows: live Colin show and then a State of the Union show in the evening. Oh, we have a show tonight. Yeah, I was gonna say, and you got disc golf. Okay, we have disc show. To go- oh, and I need to prepare for that right now. The disc golf oh. show. Can I show you one more thing just yeah. while I'm indulging myself? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? What? I don't see it. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, shit, sorry. <laughs> Have you seen this? Oh, yes. Yeah. Is this yeah. is this ridiculous? Yes. That and I just keep like when I was telling you before, I was like you're going to just there's going to be this tipping point and he's just going to be like exponentially like you're just gonna be like, holy shit! Where did all these tricks and how did all this come in? And when I watched that, I thought I saw it on Haley's though. Is it the yes, same one? She may have reposted it. Okay. This this is all one run. Yeah, it's so good. It's and, so uh, good. Yeah, this thing is crazy. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just trying. He's just trying to clear that that uh, whatever that thing is called, the tabletop. He's just yeah, trying to pyramid. clear it. Pyramid. And he pyramid and he's been trying for like over a year. Oh my god. And now he clears it and I can't even believe it. But look at this. It's been resets. Yeah. Stops. And then he, he was working on that grind for about an hour before he was able to get that grind. I'm just so proud of him. That's my favorite right there. The, the manual. manual. Yeah. <laughs> so sick. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so Dude, crazy. it's yeah, he it's it's getting crazy. I love watching him evolve and skate. 
Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. And people don't realize how actually hard that is. Everything Dude, on so there is hard. really, really tough. Like he's so fluent. It looks like the board's an extension of him. So yeah. he just kind of floats around and, and stuff like that. And you kind of look at it and you're like, okay, but that is, that's hard. That's hard to do. The timing to clear that pyramid and, and the balance for the manual coming up the lip that way. And then to be able to control the board across the back down. That's not, yeah, he makes it look easy. It's not. I, I, I'm guessing that's, Let's, he's been riding for three years and I'm going to say he rides an hour every other day on average. That's like almost like a, a thousand hours of no, maybe not that much. Maybe, maybe a thousand hours of effort. Yeah. Has he gotten his Ollie down yet? No, he's going to get that Ollie down and that's, that's the linchpin. He's going to get that down Yeah, and he's going to start jumping over boards. He's going to start jumping off shit and then the flip tricks will come. And yeah, then, then you're gonna. It's gonna be amazing. He, like, I mean, he, he has a one inch ollie, right? So he yeah. can jump off of big things, but he can't clear things like Once more than four that, stairs. He can't yeah. jump more than four stairs or anything like that. But he can't do like a like a legit ollie, like you know where. You, not yet, but once he gets that foot slide and the pop timing yes, down where he yes. can get the board to lift, he'll yes. get that, and yeah, it'll be – because all of a sudden it'll go from like – I'm telling you, it's just that little tipping point, and he gets that in the linchpin. It's like this whole world opens up of tricks. It's like he moved to this next level, and he yeah. doesn't even know what's going to be there. And then we'll he'll learn fakie, he'll learn, he'll learn nollie, get him to start skating switch soon if you already have he it. Switched, he's skating switch and fakie, dude. Yeah, it's that's, crazy. Yeah, 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 he's yeah, dropping yeah. in. He's doing seven foot drop ins, fakie. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's gonna be fucking really nuts. cool. Yeah. All right, uh, guys. Um, I'm actually going to spend about an hour prepping for the frisbee golf uh, shows that we're gonna do tonight, and then it's off to the skate park. Uh, and I will see you guys later. Yeah, Pro Tag is crazy. I've watched Pro Tag. Pro Tag is crazy. Uh, yeah, I've watched some of it. it it's it's the athleticism is nuts. All right, guys. Uh, talk to you guys soon. Chris Cooper, thank you for coming on. Um, to bring your bring everyone, bring their fucking a game tomorrow. We're gonna go. Uh, we'll go hard. I know. I know people want to tear tear me up a little bit, and uh, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for a uh, spiritual, physical shedding. Uh, let's do it tomorrow. Love you guys, and uh, talk to you soon, Susan. Thanks for coming on. Bye bye.